let's give a couple general tips for maximum productivity. I have tried a lot, like nootropics, productivity hacks, like almost everything. And I think I've come to the conclusion for myself that Welcome to Vickers Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Adam Hotchkiss and Dan Koo. So we're going to go a little bit off topic from the regular performance enhancing drug discussion and go a little bit more into business and entrepreneurship. And we have our resident doctor on standby to keep us all in line. Now, uh, you guys are all familiar with me. So let's just get started with Dan. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of introduction with you. Some guys might not be familiar with your channel, but I'm a very, very, very familiar. And um, you're, you're the youngest of us, so please take it away. Give us a little bit of an idea of what you're about. Yes. So it's kind of funny because I started out on YouTube like 10 years ago doing fitness stuff when I was in college and just like a little string bean. Like it was, I don't know, I was learning about everything and it sounded really fun to do. So I started doing that, but eventually turned into like, <laughs> I tried to be like a talking head Elliot Hulse as uh -huh. like a scrawny college kid. It, <laughs> If if I had the, I think I deleted all the videos, but it'd be hilarious if I unlisted them and or relisted them and had everyone go through those. But now I kind of gravitated eventually, like over the years, toward self improvement, business, philosophy. Um, I started out in freelancing with web design, and that's when I really saw the initial jump in my social media because I was doing it for client acquisition for the web design and ended up incorporating more of the philosophy self-improvement stuff. And now it's just snowballed into this. So still very passionate about fitness, but I don't talk about it too much because once I start talking about it, it's one of those things where everyone wants to weigh in. And I feel like I have to turn my entire brand into it to like yeah. educate people. Like it takes over your entire life in a sense. Tell me about in a, it. In a good way. <laughs> in a good way, yeah. So you you basically slowly transitioned. Did you feel that this new direction that you're going in took uh, major fitness aspirations, took a backseat because of that? No, I think it helped because okay. like when I was doing the freelance web design, I was still, or like half the time, I was at a web design job and like getting clients outside of it. And then when I got on social media and was able to, enhance that client acquisition and eventually quit the job, it only gave me more free time to go and do the fitness stuff that I enjoyed doing anyways. So it, if anything, I feel like it made it more or like a better part of my life because I wasn't always struggling to either go before or after work. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So let's move over to Dr. Adam. You've already made an appearance here on the Vigorous Podcast, but uh, give us a quick reminder. <laughs> Who, uh, who are you and where have you, who's your daddy and what do you do? Yeah, well, you're my daddy, you know, and I'm glad we finally <laughs> met after all these years after you abandoned my mom. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, Steve and I met through Derek and, and Merrick Health because I'm uh, one of the partnered uh, providers over there. Um, I started out my journey in fitness, man, it's like 15 years ago or so now, and I too was very scrawny. Um, I actually started because I had an eating disorder, which then... You know, I kind of found fitness to fix that, which was awesome. Um, but because, you know, I'm, I'm that kind of personality where I take everything to extreme, like can't just be thin. I've got to get an eating disorder and then, you know, can't just start working out. I have to start experimenting with PEDs and everything. So I did a lot of self-experimentation with PEDs, 
but eventually went through medical training and everything. And I was actually trained as a foot and ankle surgeon and kind of left that when Derek reached out to me and asked if I wanted to join the team to do more of like the preventative, um, you know, biohacking, health optimization stuff with Merrick Health. So I kind of melded those two passions, my self-experimentation and the, you know, medical training into one. And I've you know, just continued to do content and stuff on YouTube now and hanging out with cool people like Steve. And it's kind of funny. I think Dan actually reached out to me the first time after you and I did a podcast, Steve. Oh, um, really? You know, Instagram like doesn't really give you a lot of alerts after you have like 10K followers. But when somebody bigger than you does something, you know, they alert you like priority. Oh, yeah. So right, it's like right priority. This yeah. Dan Co guy just liked one of your posts. And and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Two million. And I see message me and he was like, dude, it's really cool that you and Steve talk about the merge of like business and fitness because I'm huge on that. And I would love to do content on that. But it, I just can't find an angle for that right now. And I was like, oh, here, here I we think are. I know one. Yeah. 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 Here we are. Here we are. So, um, and, and do you notice that after you transitioned from like, you know, being like a hardcore bodybuilder to being a surgeon to now working with Merrick Health, do you feel that your overall bodybuilding and fitness aspirations have taken a back seat or they're oh, simply no. just the same as they used to be? No, they're a massive back seat. So, you know, I went okay. from like training seven days a week, being obsessive, like, you know, I had my fitness pal trash for like over six years straight without missing a day. And now I haven't trashed mm -hmm. for years. I work out maybe three times a week. Um, you know, we were just talking about this. So I'm just in a different season in my life where mm -hmm. one, I kind of quit the PED use because a few years ago, I just realized like I am never going to make something of myself in like the bodybuilding world. So why am I doing these insane amounts of drugs? And then I just had new aspirations for like entrepreneurship and being a good, you know, spouse and having family life and all this. So I was like, I don't need to spend seven days a week in the gym. I don't need to be running these exotic compounds. I don't need to be taking years off my life. So I started shaping my whole reality more around like, how can I better myself in business and as a, a lover, a partner, everything else, you know? Right. Right. Okay. So that's, that's at least you're going a little bit more health conscious route, which is basically the same yeah. route that I've been going on for the last couple of years. But I, I, I basically was a hardcore meathead up until a few years ago. And I started my YouTube channel basically as a, an introduction to Thailand for bodybuilders. And that kind of took a backseat to my coaching career, which I did for about 12 years. So I think I coached or I started coaching around the same time or a little bit earlier than I started the YouTube channel. And then the YouTube channel took a major backseat because I got so many clients and I was flooded, right? I mean, yeah. same as what you're doing right now, Adam, just consultation calls and coaching people and you know doing the pro 10 stuff backstage. And I had a great run with my yeah. wife, but now I'm slowly phasing out as the YouTube channel is taking off. And over the last couple of years, you know, I realized that I also I'm not going to make it as a competitive bodybuilder and I never really had the aspirations. So as I'm getting older, now that I'm 40, I'm just slowly dialing everything back and trying to phasing that hardcore stuff out of my life. But I still go to the gym four times a week. I still do cardio every single day. I still eat all the healthy meals. I mean, that's just a part of me because I've been doing that since 15 years old. Uh, yeah, but I was, absolutely. Uh, I was also a financial business consultant, which I did for six years. And, um, you know, we didn't have social media back then, but I'm happy that I adopted it because like Dan, you're 20, 26, right? 27. 27. And you're killing it. You're fucking killing it. I love it. I love to see this kind of stuff. I started killing it as of recently, uh, but I was so late to this social media game because, you know, generally speaking, right? You, when you're like 25, 21, 25 years old, and there's no social media. You just try to make career working for somebody else. Right. And I didn't literally have a platform uh, to learn from, like your platform, where you just tell people every single week, get your head out of your ass, 
<laughs> and start working yeah. <laughs> for yourself, you know, which I love. I love that. So, I mean, I think I've been following your content for about a year now. And of course, I follow uh, Dr. Adam's content. Well, since we got introduced through Matic Health, uh, you should put more content out, though. Uh, Adam, I know I'm just so damn busy, man. It's yeah, like, uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's one or the other. If you do one, the other suffers. And you know, it's know. So tough to, yeah. to manage both. So that, that's why I had to make a hard decision um, to phase out the coaching career, which I still get daily inquiries. But it's simply not worth the time anymore, right? I can do so much better for my business and level it up. If I take a step back, and just instead of focusing on 50 people, I focus on 100,000 people, which Finally, now a hundred thousand people. Dan, why why didn't you get verified yet on your in, on your YouTube account? You can do that in like twenty minutes on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. I'm not verified on Instagram because my name mm. isn't Dan Co. It's Dan longer Co. than that. And uh -huh. so when I submit a picture of my ID, they're like, "That's not you," so I can't get verified. So I don't know if that's okay. the same for YouTube, but I actually just didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I'll send that. you the link after we're done. So I was waiting for that moment. As soon as I broke a hundred thousand, right? I waited two days and then you can mm. uh, ask for verification. And I was like, oh, this is going to take weeks. But apparently I got verified in 20 minutes. And then I checked your account. You have like almost 500,000 or five, uh, yeah, 500,000 followers, right? Or subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. And, and you should be able to get verified too. And it's just another, another check mark yep. on your uh, <laughs> list. So we have a couple of topics I want to discuss. Um, I wanted to get started with uh, a TRT for productivity, but before we get into that, Dan, are you natty or not? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In terms of, well, like, so I'll go over my story because like, as I said, mm -hmm. I don't really talk about fitness anymore. And with all these things, it's like, you kind of have to explain yourself in a sense. Yeah. But I was, since fitness was such a huge part of my life for so long, uh, I'd been training for like 10 years and then at one point i believe it's a little over a year ago that past year so two years ago i started getting blood work done just for the sake of health and mm -hmm. tested my testosterone was i tested three times within that year and it was all three times between 280 and 315 nanograms per deciliter and so that was, I tried to be thorough with that where I knew I was cutting at one point and that could have impacted it. I knew. And so it's like, okay, I can't really base any opinions on this. I started eating a lot more calories, doing more healthy things, eating healthier. Not that I wasn't eating unhealthy to begin with, but paying a lot more attention to it and still tested within that range. And so at that point I was down the YouTube rabbit hole of TRT. So I might've even just conditioned myself into doing it, but ended mm -hmm. up getting mm -hmm. on that because it just made sense. And yeah, then it's kind of progressed along that point where I tried, like, since I kind of went into that realm, I definitely had times where I would like order underground lab stuff and mm -hmm. test it for a bit. But then I just feel like absolute shit and I probably got bunk gear and that didn't last any longer than like two, three weeks. So I've never actually done like a full cycle of anything. And so now it's mm -hmm. like TRT general health supplements to go along with that and mitigate the effects of that. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so give give us her stack because everybody everybody wants to know the milligram dose, obviously, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they can call you a liar. <laughs> That's how the fitness community oh, yeah. works. So it's good that you kind of segregated <laughs> yourself from that. But at least people of the you know the vigorous crew down below, they'll be gentle. So give us like your TRT protocol. Yeah. So when I first started, it was actually at like a physical clinic here in Phoenix, mm -hmm. and they just did the general prescription of like 200 milligrams a week. Mm -hmm. And, and Arimidex. Uh, I, yeah, Arimidex, I forget. It was like... <laughs> yeah, me and Adam talked about this so many times. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so it was like half a milligram or whatever the dosage is. And during that time, like I already had a small amount of gyno just from mm. puberty. And so throughout that time, like I forget how or like what caused it. Maybe it was the infrequent injections, but like... I developed it a bit more and then decided to get the gyno surgery. And now mm. I'm on like, this is a year later. I'm on 150 milligrams a week, no AI subcutaneous injection three times a week and no problems with gyno. I don't know. <laughs> I remember watching something at some point from Derek, Leo, you that, mm like it could cause an epigenetic change when you get the gyno surgery. So you're less likely to even, I don't know the terminology for it, but you're less sensitive to the effects of it. And it is less likely to come back because of that. But no, it's, it's not really an epidemiological change. It's just, you cut it out and the tissue can no longer grow unless you go oh. with a terrible surgeon. And then the surgeon right. leaves a little bit behind because they're afraid that the nipple will concave, which in reality you can do a little bit of, um, liposuction around the area. So if you get a good cosmetic surgeon that is specialized in gynecomastia surgery, they can remove all the tissue that has been formed and everything that has been uh, can potentially form and then do some lipo around the area to make it look uh, extra cosmetically pleasing. Uh, but of yeah. course, that's only been done over the last couple of years. So if you had a good surgeon, I don't think you have to worry about high estrogen levels regarding, uh, you know, gyno coming back. But it's still, I would say, better you know, to control your estrogen levels, because of course, you know, blood pressure, mood changes, that kind of stuff, which you then have to address with other means. Um, so, you know, it's good that you got it done. I still have to get it done uh, myself, but I'm, I'm very terrible at procrastinating when it comes to surgeries. <laughs> it's, I, I really don't enjoy doing those. So right now Sorry. you're just on 150 milligrams of test, like 50 milligrams Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no AI, yep. any, any growth hormone, any neurosteroids, any, anything else alongside of that, or just good old test. No, there's a few other things. I haven't done GH yet because I don't know where to get it. I'd definitely try it like low dose, but mm -hmm. you can or talk like do my research. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. But, uh, no, aside from that, it's like, uh, 40 milligrams, telmosartan, uh, citrus bergamot, berberine, Stragulus. used to be fish oil, but mm -hmm. like I just eat most of my diet is like fish, like sardines, okay. tuna, yeah, shrimp. Here. Um, what else is there? Pregnenolone. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. It, it's all DHEA? in DHEA. <laughs> any DHEA no. in there? I, I used to, but I stopped taking it because when I did blood work, it was like out of reference range. It was too high, mm -hmm. and so I took it out, but. I didn't really study that to begin with, so I wasn't very ah, okay. knowledgeable about what I was actually doing to my body at that point. So luckily we have Adam here. 
to yep. explain to you why DHA is important because he's best <coughs> friends with Dave Lee. And That's Dave true. Lee has uh, got so many DHA and pregnant long deep dives out there that I'm, I feel a little bit uh, intimidated to start mine. I know, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I, mem I remember I think we looked at your labs together, Dan, and yours was high. So we're like, there's probably no need. And it's interesting because some guys on TRT, like that upward pathway kind of depletes, but not everybody. Um, mm -hmm, like true. mine, for example, my DHEA and pregnant alone are like bottomed out. And I suspect it's from years of anabolic use, you know, just kind of redlining the system. And that's almost like, you know, high, high inflammation, very stressful in the system. And mine were just bottomed out. So I take like high dose DHEA and pregnant alone both. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the benefits of those are just like, you know, all the, the neurosteroid benefits, like improved cognition, um, you know, reduction in brain fog, sustained energy, but it can also help in other pathways like metabolic health, um, immune system support, like kind of has a role in everything, which is nice, but yeah, yeah some guys need them. Some guys don't, it's kind of interesting and we don't really yeah. understand why, you know, like it seems like trauma, stressful events, pain, like all of these things can cause a depletion. And, and then, you know, some guys go on TRT and their levels deplete. Other guys go on TRT and their levels stay the same. There's so mm -hmm. like little research, especially on like pregnenolone, you can hardly find yeah. anything. Like it, it's tough. It's a lot of, uh, you know, just like self-experimentation and working with clients and seeing, you know, what happens anecdotally. And I think also because Dan is still reasonably young. So what I noticed yeah. in a lot of clients, I mean, I've been doing blood work consultations for over a decade now. You see the young guys, they generally don't need it. And then as you start turning older, around 30 years old, and then when you're my age, 40, then you definitely need it. Even if you took a boatload of steroids and you're back in the day or just TRT. So if you don't need it now, I mean, you save some money, right? And then if you see yeah. your DHA sulfate levels and pregnenolone and progesterone levels decline, you can always supplement it in. Right? And I'm at a point now where I'm off cycle, right? trying to get my wife pregnant, just using fertility medications. And my DHA levels were still low, even though my HCG intake is like a thousand IUs three times per week. Mm -hmm. So my serum testosterone levels are like six, 700. So my testicles are responding, but my DHA was so low that I started supplementing before I went to the US. And then I, I felt that I like some sort of like clarity, like a hard, impossible, tangible, like you can't really put your finger on it, but you notice it, like some sort of clarity where I'm like, you know what, things are pretty good now. And it's just with 25 milligrams DHEA and 10 milligrams pregnenolone. Yeah, but it's also because yeah, I, I mean, I did high dosages and being off TRT, it's it like kind of killed my productivity, <laughs> to right. be honest. I think they're they're definitely the biggest needle mover I've ever taken as far as a supplement because I've tried pretty much every nootropic that there is and you know mm -hmm. seen little benefit here and there. Um, but actually, like the thing that kind of really stopped me from using anabolics was a few years ago. I literally just felt like I was getting stupid. I felt dumb. You know, I was at a loss for words frequently. You know, I would True. be. I I couldn't articulate the thoughts that were going through my brain. Like I would have a thought, and I'm like, I can't find the words to get this out, and that was scaring me because I'm like, mm. I'm pretty educated. I have a, a pretty high risk job that if I can't think of things to say or, or to do, like I'm gonna hurt somebody. So like, what's going on here? And I figured like it's just these this. Extreme extreme neurotoxicity from all the anabolics and everything. And then I get labs and both my DHEA and pregnenolone are undetectable. And I'm like, oh shit. So yeah. Yeah. So adding those in was night and day. I mean, I, I actually felt a tangible difference, which many supplements I don't, even a lot of anabolics, I would be like, eh, I guess I kind of feel this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but DHEA and pregnenolone was like some, like a, yeah. a light switch, you know? Yeah, it's a it upregulates your mood. And again, like you said, for cognition. And I think, you know, regarding the neurotoxicity of steroids, like me and Adam, we went through that phase. Uh, luckily, Dan never did dabble that hard. 
and and yeah. you shouldn't honestly just focus on business i would say <laughs> yeah that's and why he's making millions at, at 27. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, so at least he got a head start and not went through that phase uh you can always do it later though um, yeah. But I would say that like for productivity, um, which people regularly ask me, can you be like highly productive and still take a boatload of steroids and train your socks off? It's difficult. You know, I, there's it not is. many guys who actually accomplished a lot besides Jay Cutler and maybe Branch Warren, right? Those two yeah. that went to the first and second place of the Mr. Olympia and they got, you know, big fat businesses at the uh, tail end of that. Uh, but most guys just you know, sacrifice a lot of the business and the revenue for their for their bodybuilding aspirations. And like what, what Adam said, I did notice the same thing where you just start to stumble over your words and you can't kind of connect what you're trying to articulate. And it doesn't matter how much cerebralization you take, right? This, uh, you know, brain-derived neurotropic factor. I, I, trust me, I did it. I did like five <coughs> to 10 milliliters per day. It yeah, takes the brain fog out of it. But then as soon as you stop it, maybe a couple months later, you're still, you know, a little bit like foggy all day yeah. and it's 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 not good for productivity so then after you started trt like what was the change that you noticed regarding your entrepreneurship and overall sense of well-being honestly not much like i wasn't too oh. worried when okay i wasn't too worried about that when i first got on because the main thing i remember is when i would like tell my friends in the space that like hey i'm doing this because it's i don't know you just are talking to them and it comes up and they would be like, oh, I had no idea your test was that low to begin with. Like, how did you like, how were you doing so much before that? And I thought about it. And yeah, for me, in terms of productivity and sitting down to do things, that wasn't really a problem. It was more so the one thing that I have noticed is I'm able to do it longer in a sense where mm -hmm. before it was during the scheduled time in the morning and I was just very averse to working later in the day and now it's like i will just work whenever i have to like there's no resistance to it i'm less tired or yeah less tired and i just want to get things done when they come up like so, i avoid so I, I don't avoid problems as much so you've, do you feel that your dopamine levels are higher now that your testosterone levels are higher from the TRT? Like, do you think that's one of the reasons? I don't think so. That's actually something I've been worried about is that they might be lower because like, I just don't really find enjoyment. Like there's a distinct moment when I was living in Texas before like getting on TRT where I would go on walks and I would listen to audiobooks or just read a book. And they were just so fascinating to me. Like I would catch these sentences here and there and it would like, I'd have to write them down and I'd have to take them back and write about it or incorporate it in my work. And that's kind of lost its zest for me now where I still do it just because it's habitual, but the things I listen to or watch just aren't that interesting to me anymore. Uh, like even a TV it. show, like I don't even want to sit down to watch TV at night. Interesting. Well, I, I do, but at yeah. the, like for me alone, like without my girlfriend there or something like that, if I'm just alone, I don't want to watch like TV or a video or anything. It just doesn't but it, grab my attention. But does it mean that you'd rather make money and focus more on your <laughs> business or you simply don't get enjoyment <laughs> out of doing those? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar, right? I, I like to do like couple stuff with my wife, but I'm not going to sit down and watch TV or, or mm. you know, I watch some YouTube here and there, but it's usually during doing cardio or, or yeah, you know, me cooking meals. But in the meantime, I'm just 
working, you know, making uh, making things happen. But I, it does sound a little bit like a little bit of a neurotransmission depletion, uh, which I'm going to release a video about next week. Um, nice. Now, of course, Adam, you've um, you've helped a boatload of people with these kinds of problems. So what do you think it is? What, what is going on with Dan? I don't know. It's interesting. Like when you're by yourself, if you're not doing those things, is there something to giving you pleasure? Like, is it the business or writing or you know, what's going on? It's you at that point, because I've like most of my creative work is in the morning. So in the afternoon, yeah. it's just a lot of busy work. So that's not yeah. too interesting either, but that's like what I'll sit down and do, or I'll just go on a walk or like ask my friend if he wants to go get dinner or something. So yeah. Um, sometimes I'll sit around and just hang out and pet my dog, but that's like 30 yeah. minutes. And then, right. but I don't know, I go on a ton of walks just because I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Or I, I don't good, know. Yeah. That's a good city. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like to know from you, like how, how you take more time because I mean, Adam is working 24 seven and I am working 24 seven. So I know you talk a little bit about, you know, on your YouTube channel about, you know, just focusing on the work, being super creative for about two hours and then taking a step back and just focusing more on the time that you, uh, on the things that you want to do, please teach us how, um, because I have no idea how to do that anymore. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot of things. So the structure of your work would come into play a lot where mm -hmm. you said you're getting out of coaching slash client work and that alone takes up a ton of time where I realize the same thing. And then you don't really have control over when people schedule calls with you or even just when you do the work or deadlines coming in, like that's not really in your control. But if you have a, like the first thing that comes to mind for me, just because it's what I do is like, if you have a digital product or even a physical product that's systemized and automated in many ways, then that doesn't take much upkeep aside from customer support where you hire a VA to handle for you. So that becomes like, as your audience grows, that gives you the leverage and ability to sell something other that doesn't take up as much time, if any time at all. And so then in order to increase your income, you really only have one lever to focus on, which is audience growth and content creation right. just to be able to fuel whatever, um, stack of products you create mm -hmm. and then so basically you can either use that free time to go and build more things or just take walks and rest <laughs> pet your dog right so basically the, the first step of that is basically getting successful enough so you can hire people to take care of stuff for you right virtual assistants editors uh, maybe content creators on the back end researchers but do you think that's also possible if you're still trying to kind of get started on social media and, and don't have a pla uh, a product and a platform yet. E if you don't have a product, maybe not, but the, mm -hmm. so my approach, the, the thing that I'm good at teaching is writing like as mm -hmm. content creation, where a lot of people either watching this or you watching this are going to know me from YouTube or they're going to go right. and find me on YouTube and since that's the first place they were introduced, they'll assume that's like my main platform, which it's funny that Twitter was my main starting platform. And now it's one of my lowest follower count platforms, but it's still in my eyes, the most crucial part of the process because I can post three, five, however many times a day on Twitter to 
test and validate ideas that then spread to other platforms and get turned into newsletters, which get turned into YouTube videos. So with that, writing tweets is a lot less time consuming than creating a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. But so think of it this way, where if you spend 30 minutes a day, probably less writing tweets, you put 30 minutes a day into some kind of growth and effort for that platform, you're growing as you're starting out, like before you have a big audience enough so that you can sell a product, you sell a service, you have that kind of uh, client acquisition system going where you're landing clients. And then as your audience grows with Twitter or like a platform that doesn't take too much time off your hands, then you can start to transition into a digital product. And then at that point, it's like you spend 30 plus minutes writing on Twitter and if that's all you want to do and you get to like 100, 200, 300,000 there and you have a product and you plug that, promote it consistently, then you can make a decent amount of money just right. 30 minutes a day at that point. So it really depends on the platform you choose, like long-term goals, what you actually want to be able to do, how far you want to spread if you want to go to different platforms. But yeah, once you're like at, at your level, it is a lot easier to transfer things over and right. like in terms of your audience over to somewhere else. But then you have so much leverage that you can really zoom out and peel back. Okay. What are, what is actually generating revenue, the most revenue? How do I focus on that more and how do I reduce my time spent on it? And then outside of that, how do I become okay with not working? Because a lot of people just really enjoy work. And so mm -hmm. in that case, yeah, it's, I, I don't want to tell them to stop because it's something that brings genuine enjoyment into their life. That's true. Yeah, I never looked at it that way, but I do enjoy working a lot. So, so for me, it was like a similar process, right? In the beginning, I did everything myself, and then I had a couple products or services. I had the eBooks, and I had uh, personalized advice. And then now I'm at a point where I just focus on content creation, and I delegate that to my wife and my editor and everybody else that helps me on the back end. So I can just continuously produce, but don't have to worry about all these little things. Now, Adam, you're not quite there yet. Right? Your, your YouTube channel is still quite small and you're, you know, you're busy being a doctor and then supervising people. So what's your, what's your kind of game plan um, hearing the, the possibilities with people around you? Yeah, that one's tough um, because I'm kind of limited in my current capacity as a mm -hmm. provider. So... I think eventually if I want to, you know, follow my entrepreneurial like spirit that I would have to leave that and do something. That's kind of the premise of the like social media platform is having it in the background right now to start developing an audience so that eventually I can have some product or service that could, you know, be uh, distributed to that platform. Um, kind of hard though, because, you know, it, like I said, I'm limited right now with having an employer. I obviously can't go off and start creating a competitor, nor do I want to do that either. So I'm always like torn, you know, uh, a little difficult. It's kind of, it's kind of hard. You know, most doctors actually aren't very rich until you become something outside of being a doctor. Like we all talk mm -hmm. about, we use those funds as becoming a doctor because, you know, you're going to make more than your average person. You're going to be making, you know, 300 to 700,000 a year. And then you can take that and invest that into some entrepreneurial aspect to actually make money. Um, and that's kind of the, the season that I'm in right now is just developing that nest egg so that I can, you know, take it and put it into something else eventually. What that will right. be, I don't know, stay tuned. 
it, right. it'll you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll know when, once I know. There you go. There you go. So do you have any products? Like, but you have some affiliates, right? So that you can kind of plug and just make some additional revenue on the back end. I mean, affiliate yeah, so programs got, are, are a very good way to make some money. Yeah, for sure. The affiliates are great. And Derek's helped with that. So I've got the, the Gorilla Mind. I've got the Intelligent Shop. Um, my wife and I have a nutrition coaching platform because she's a dietitian and she actually just stepped right. away mm -hmm. from that. And now we're just hiring dietitians and, you know, we're taking a cut of the clients that we give the dietitians. So that's nice. Mm. So I do have that business, which is separate. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you're just pretty much grinding. Right now, my, I trade my time for money, which is, you know, I don't suggest most people do. But again, I'm in that season where I have to do that at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, I'm one of those guys who likes work. Like, I, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't working, like, at least eight hours a day. I, I would feel, like, stir crazy. And I was actually, like, kind of wondering, too, Dan, like, I wonder if because you've, like, hit these milestones that you've wanted to, that it's hard to feel that dopamine. Like, the most, I don't... Mm -hmm. The most depressed I've ever really been was like the day after I graduated school because it was like I had been working for that for eight years straight and then it was over, you know? And I know like your book just came out. You've had a lot of growth on Instagram. You've had a lot of growth on YouTube. It, if I were you, I'd kind of be like, well, what's next? And I would kind of feel down because I get that way. Um, when I'm actively working on something, I mean, I think you have a new venture that you're trying to, to build up, which is probably exciting, but you've had a lot of milestones that you've hit. And sometimes I know personally, I kind of get dopamine depleted at that point because I've been so revved up and ready to achieve it. And then once I do, it's just over. So I've kind of tried to not even celebrate wins. That's one thing that helps me is like, mm -hmm. when I had a win, I'm like, cool, and just keep doing the next thing. Like the whole graduation process fucked me up because it was like such a big buildup, <laughs> like eight years yeah. until you get that diploma. <laughs> And then the next day I'm like, okay, what do I do now? You know, like this is start at the bottom. You start at the yeah. bottom. That's what I did. I mean, I still had exactly. some contacts in the business world from, uh, you know, internships. And then I started and, and you have to negotiate your salary and, and, you know, contracts. And then it's, it's quite an undertaking. So I'm happy that is all behind me. And I think Dan, you never really had to undergo that much, right? Because you, you know, were smart enough to kind of, you know, go into the self, uh, entrepreneurship route. Uh, but it's brutal, man, if you if you graduate and then you have all these accolades, but you basically start at the bottom again because now you have to build up working experience. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, gaining working experience because you can figure out what's going on in the business, what is right, what is wrong, where are the gaps, which gaps you can fill. And then, you know, if you're smart enough, filling those gaps can make you a good amount of money. Right. So and again, I'm not against trading your time for money, but it has to be to a limited capacity and you have to charge accordingly, right? But the charging accordingly takes time to build up. So when people look at my rates now, they think I'm insane, but uh, it, it's just, yeah. no, it's, I mean, Same. it's very high. It's it's very insane. But the reason why they're at this point, and it might be higher in the future, is simply because I don't have more time and the demand is too high. Yep. So sometimes I see it in my comment section, Steve, why do you charge $1,600 for an hour? I said, well, mm -hmm. if I charge less, I'll be on the phone for five hours a day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's already an hour per day. Yeah, no, it's insane, dude. Yeah. I, I like before I, I before I increased, I had a consistent two and a half to three hours per day, and those are one hour consultations, twenty minute consultations. But a twenty minute consultation takes ten minutes to prepare for, and five minutes overtime, and then another five to ten minutes for an email. So a twenty minute call is like thirty to forty minutes in reality, right? With the email yeah. back and forth, so you basically only get half of what you actually charge, right? Because it's double the time. 
And then you put that all together with the overtime and you realize that, oh, I'm, I'm done with my consultations and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Now I got to make a video. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Yeah. So, so this is the reason why it's just a natural progression to phase revenue streams out, add mm -hmm. new revenue streams in that are more lucrative and raise rates to the point you have more freedom, right? Because I don't mind doing an hour consultation per day, even if there are three 20 minute calls. Uh, but beyond that, I don't want to do it anymore because it impairs my cognition for videos, which reach hundreds of thousands of people, you know, or 10,000, sometimes 5,000, if the algorithm doesn't really agree with what my message is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like right now I'll do eight to 10 hours straight, nonstop back to back consultations. And then at the end of the day, I can't film content. So that's why I've just like put off Instagram and I will spend my weekend, my entire weekend, both Saturday and Sunday filming and editing my own videos for YouTube. Yeah. But it's just crazy. So everybody, you know, everybody, guys, subscribe to Dr. Adam. Yep. Link down yeah, below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You get so the subscribers this way. I got 100,000 to share. And then well, what is their message for your audience? Subscribe subscribe to this guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> subscribe to Adam. Yeah. Yeah, there you so, go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be great. I would love to. But, you know, right now I actually like I, I waste money on YouTube for sure because it takes away from my time mm. that I could be doing consults. And then I'm paying to mm. just have the, you know, the software to do it, the uh, thumbnail designer. I do all the editing myself, but like the time uh, cost is significant. Uh, but yeah. it's a kind of a passion and I do feel like it will help to set me up in the future for a personal brand of some sort. 100% because the doctors are killing it eventually on YouTube. I mean, the doctors yeah, have just, half a million, a million, two million, right? But they have to do the right. full-time YouTube channel. And I'd have to clean up a lot and, you know, do some like, <laughs> yeah. doctor reacts to fucking Grey's Anatomy and <laughs> like be super doctor, professional. Yeah, yeah Dr. Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I couldn't talk about all the steroids I've done. And even Derek wrote me, he's like, dude, you cuss a little bit too much on YouTube. Stop that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oops. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I said it to, uh, you know, mild swearing. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's like in the fitness space, you know, the, the steroid talk and the steroid education, that really limits your growth. And I, this is, I think, one of the reasons why I'm not growing as fast as I should be, because most people tell me that I should have way more subscribers with my video content and the quality and the, you know, the consistently. It just... You know, the steroid content just doesn't do so well. And I'm, I'm still one of the biggest steroid education platforms and, and performance enhancing drugs in general. Um, but, you know, then, then again, you know, my community is kind of tight knit. So when I do go to the Olympia and Swiss Symposium and other meetings, I mean, people really love, you know, what, what I put out here. Yeah. You know? And I mean, when you have like 100,000 loyal fans that will do mm. anything for you and, and would buy anything that you put out, you're actually, in my opinion, much further ahead than the guy with a million followers who doesn't have that close of a following, you know. Um, so yeah. some people like sometimes people who have like 30 to 100,000 are making way more than those people who have you know, over a million because they have that yeah. really close connection with their followers. Now you got to monetize it properly, you know, by offering services and having products available and, and, you know, being truthful in your advice, right? Then if you have that good connection with your audience, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Dan also has a great connection with his audience. I mean, I, I watch every fucking video till the end, no nonstop. I love long form <laughs> content. You, I just sit there watching, taking notes, like how can I improve my business? Because again, if I watch so a cool. 20 to 30 minute video of you, then if I start applying that, right, the next day, then mm. I am more successful. Right, which is yeah, weird. Um, I'm, I'm taking advice the, uh, from a 27 year old, but that, that's the world nowadays, right? You're so far. Dan impresses much the shit out of me. Ahead. 
Yeah, I'm like it's good. I'm it's always good super impressed by his uh, like his philosophical knowledge and the way that he thinks mm -hmm. is amazing. I like it a lot. Yeah, and it's funny that all three of us love long form. Like Dan even wrote me the other day because I did a longer form, and he's like, "I really like this long form." And of course, it got like 500 views, where my other ones are like 2,000 <laughs> plus. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's because you're intellectual and you you can actually appreciate it." But most people don't like that. You know, if my videos are more than eight minutes, it's not getting clicked. Unfortunately, it's it's tough. Yeah. That's it's, it's the right. same for me. So I just I just finished uh, the second part of the entrepreneur nootropic deep dive, and it will probably be like forty five minutes. And I know I won't get any views, but the people who watch, they will love it. Yeah, they like there. So a light bulb will go off, just like the videos from Dan. A light bulb will go off. You're like, you know what? This fucking makes sense. I'm gonna start <laughs> applying this shit. Yeah, but that's but that's life changing content, right? That's life changing yeah. content, and that's I, I think that's what we're all uh, all three of us are trying to do. Um, just sometimes in the beginning, it's very hard. And then as you get the ball rolling through consistency, I think it, it it's easy because, I mean, Dan, you gained about a lot of subscribers just recently, right? I think the last time I checked, yeah. we were at 280 and now you're at what, 450 or even more? Yeah. Yeah. It like, I get blue. to, I follow your following because you're like, I don't know if like on your, your back end on YouTube, but it tells you who subscribed and it's like, you know, for some reason, Dan's at the top of mind when he subscribed, he's always just stayed with like who recently subscribed. So every day when I look, I see Dan's just follower count going up and up. I'm like, fuck. He's like getting more than my total following count in like a day, every day. He's just yeah. like, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got yeah, four hundred. Like, it was like four hundred thousand, and it was like four hundred, two hundred, and like just going up, up, up. It's awesome. And you only have one hundred twenty-eight videos, so I have like nine hundred seventy-five yeah. videos, and a yeah. lot of them I had to delete though, and they're like from years ago when I was uh, because it just shows your total video count. So let me check my uh, my channel. Mm -hmm. I can see. Yeah, I uploaded. Uh, oh, sorry, I uploaded nine hundred eighty videos, but I only got a hundred thousand subs, and then uploaded like 125 and he's got like 470. So your yeah. video to subscriber count is much better. So what is the yeah. secret then? Tell us the secret, yeah. We I need to know. How, how do I blow so, up like you? Okay, there's, here we go. there's a lot here, but yeah. okay. So the first thing that comes to mind when we're talking about like long form, especially in the fitness space is the person that comes to mind to emulate or at least like bake some content in like if you want to, because knowing your audience, Steve, this probably isn't a good idea, is mm -hmm. to do something like Greg Doucette, where yeah. you incorporate those occasionally because one, it, it could be entertaining if you do it in your own way, but two, mm -hmm. it has like that much more reach. So it's like a True. much broader topic that's more digestible to like the fitness community overall. And then that's kind of what starts the, let's say, nurturing or trust process where they get introduced to you and they're like, oh, this video was good, but maybe they don't subscribe, but they watch the video. So another one of yours shows up and they're recommended. They see that and then it's a much deeper one. They stick it out longer there and then they become a fan and then they watch another one, become a super fan. And that's kind of how they're indoctrinated. So the, the top of funnel video like incorporating those sometimes, even though it's not the most necessary, but could increase growth a bit may help. And so the same with you, Adam, is like you had the ones that were like quick, choppy, like very attention grabbing and those worked. And like you had that, you had a very good style with those, but mm -hmm. then like balancing it out with the long form occasionally if you want to. And 
that's really dependent on like your personal preference where Mm -hmm. I don't like, I love Hamza. If you've ever watched Hamza, like I like him as a person, I've watched a few of his videos. He seems like a cool dude, but like, I just can't, it it doesn't engage me like the super fast transitions and Mm -hmm. the animations and all this stuff. It's, it's not really for me and it's not something that I want to incorporate in my brand. So when I go to write mine, I try to approach it. First, I write it as a newsletter. So I'm writing out the script of the YouTube video before I actually go into it. And throughout it, I've written so many tweets before that I kind of know what catches attention throughout the sections of the video. And so when I'm starting it off, I have that like attention grabbing hook in a sense, but it's like an idea. It's an idea rather than trying to explain what the video topic is or something of that nature. And it's kind of, I don't really know how to explain the style aside from I work in ideas here and there and save the very actionable stuff for the end. So I don't know if that helps very much in terms of like (laughs) how to structure a video, but in Mm -hmm. terms of getting more exposure, the main thing that I did was go to the YouTube accounts that I follow and want to be like, and then I go filter their videos by most popular. And then I can see which video titles and thumbnails do the best for them. And some of those are going to be bunk. They're just like, like if the title's one word or two words, like do more and they get a bunch of views just because they're a popular person. That's not, that's not a good data point, but you look at the ones where it's an actual good title. So one that I, (laughs) one that I always see and I use sparingly because it can be cringe is like something, something, something to change your life. Change your life seems to just always get views. Like it's, or like how to take Mm -hmm. back control of your life or how the best business model to start in 2023, whatever it may be taking those and then using it, like changing it up a bit to match what you actually wrote about in your video script and trying to like match the keywords in the title and thumbnail so that when people are watching one of those videos that just get a lot of views, like X, Y, Z to change your life, you're more likely to show up in the recommended on the sidebar or in like Uh the watch next. And then you're kind of swiping those views because they want to continue watching more on that subject. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I do when I write or when I create a video, the topic that I start with is just, it's not solidified until I'm about to post and I go research YouTube for like podcast titles and uh, popular videos from accounts that I follow and get all of these ideas and then create the video title so that more people click and go into. And so at that point, it's really about the angle of the video where I can talk about whatever I want, but if the title and introduction of the video kind of frames the situation, then it helps a lot. Yeah. Where if you're so talking you... about, if you're, if you're talking about nootropics for entrepreneurs, like the, the beginning of the video and the title can be somewhat positioned where I like to think of it where you're bringing a beginner to the intermediate level, or you're bringing a beginner to the point where they can understand how that information applies to them. AKA Mm -hmm. like talking about the problems in their life and where it can lead to like a general persuasive structure so that within the first three to five minutes, 
you can have everyone on the same page, especially someone who has never come across your content before or has no idea what you're talking about. So when you approach from that lens, it's like, okay, how do I actually educate even the most basic, for lack of a better term, person that is watching this? Right, right, right. So you, you really try to get them into kind of identify what the video is about, right? Make it relatable and then use the trends or what is popular recently to kind of structure a thumbnail and a title and some sort of keywords together so it matches whatever is trending currently. So you're guaranteed basically that, that people who are interested in this topic currently get the video delivered to them, right? That, that's what I'm trying to digest for what you just said. Um, <laughs> So what, what I do is I just go with kind of what the audience wants to see, and then I uh, try to break it down in that sense, but it might not always be like time sensitive. So most yeah. of the stuff that I produce is like evergreen content, they call that. So it's good now, you don't necessarily have to watch it right away, which is terrible for the algorithm, unfortunately. The, you need to click it right away, otherwise it doesn't go in there. <laughs> um, but you can, you can basically watch it six months from now and it will still be good, right? So I probably have to, to grow a little bit more, probably have to restructure a little bit the, the the advertisement videos. Those is what I call them. The videos to advertise my channel and reaction content as well. I saw that when Derek made the switch from informative content to more reaction style content that he really grew and, and Greg Duchette was the same. It was just, you know, basic fitness information, very informative. And then as he started reacting more to, um, you know, recent news and latest developments, then he really took off, right? So. I'm always contemplating with that, um, but I do realize that now that I'm going to make a membership section, so basically all the, you know, the super in-depth deep dive stuff will be, uh, you know, in the membership section, that I do need to advertise that uh, going forward, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's a good idea. I, I yeah. kind of want to, I want to incorporate something like that now, but for like self-improvement and business, I don't mm -hmm. know if people do that because... I don't know if we talked about this. I talked about it with someone recently, but um, like I'll, all I watch is like fitness content. Where yeah. so yeah, that's I, what I you talked no, about last time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have I have no idea what's going on in the actual business space. So I don't know if people it's are so actually funny. doing this. <laughs> I do the and, exact and maybe, opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like it's maybe that's a blessing because then it doesn't influence directly what I create mm -hmm. relating to it, and that could be the edge where I'm not just recreating what's already been in there. Yeah. Um, but then, so I need to approach it that way where I feel like whenever I see something like stupid in the business or self-improvement space, there's so much I could say about it. Like I could just sit down mm -hmm. without a script and riff and probably get a bunch of views, but then it's like, I don't know. I have something inside me that like, I would have to, the first 10 minutes would be like, I'm not here to like talk shit about this person. Like I, I'm mm -hmm. not here to talk about down about them. I just want to talk about the idea and like reframe right. it. And there's always something that feels off with me when like leveraging a name to get yeah. views. Mm -hmm. But that when I actually think about it, there's like nothing really wrong with that as long as I'm not completely lying or fabricating things about that person. I think it's, it's super hard for me to do that. Message. Yeah. Yeah. Just so like I, I have such a hard time like bashing anybody or talking like, yeah. you know, I have to put in so many caveats that it becomes not even fun to watch because mm -hmm. part of what's fun to watch Greg is he's just straight calling somebody out and never gives a caveat, yeah. you know, even yeah. though like Greg and I are pretty close and we're friends and he made a video about me. It sounds like he's just talking shit about me for yeah. 10 minutes. And on the back end, we're cool. 
And then me on the other side, I'm like, well, just to caveat this, I really like Greg because yeah. like internally it's hard for me <laughs> to just talk shit about somebody and it just doesn't feel right. So I, I met Greg at the Mr. Olympia and I, I asked him, said, aren't you scared? He's like, no, all the drama's online. In real life, it doesn't yeah. happen. I said, I'm going to yeah. choke you out. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, we had a good yeah, we had a weird. good conversation where we met, but it's uh, I mean the online drama is different from the real life stuff, right? The people in real life when you meet each other and you shake each other's hand, and it's just a different ball game. I think the reaction content, what I will say, I made a couple of reaction videos back in the day reacting to Jesse James West and a couple other people. Mm -hmm. I feel that the comment section is more negative, even mm -hmm. if the videos are positive. So. You know, I kept it very positive. I like Jesse James West. I like the other people that I reacted to. But you highlight a couple of things that might, they might be doing wrong and using them as an example of mm. how to do it better. And then the comments are just, yeah. ooh. And then I always wanted to grow my channel from a, a space of positivity, yeah. right? And collect the people, or collect, quote unquote, that those are what the subscribers are. They are part of the Vigorous crew. Um, get subscribers that have a similar mindset. So I'm generally a positive person, right? And I like to grow in all aspects of life, whether that's uh, regarding uh, health and, and, you know, physical being and emotional being and uh, entrepreneurship. I like to level up in all aspects, but I feel that reaction content sometimes brings in the people that are not really after that, but they're after the drama. And Same. I don't like drama. No, I don't like drama. Yeah. I also feel, uh, let me add to that real quick. I also feel that the, the fitness uh, audience is a lot different from the business audience. So now that my rates have gone up, I mostly talk to high level entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. And they love my content because it's in depth and it's lengthy and it's explanatory. Um, but those people are very different compared to the fitness people who need everything fast. I mean, Instagram is basically, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the house of fitness because it's fast, <laughs> yeah. right? You scroll, you see a picture, you see all the abs and striations and the boobs perhaps and all that stuff, right? It's very visual. So I think that the fitness crowd kind of lowered their attention span uh, by just looking, but not, yeah. not, not absorbing and thinking. Whereas the business people, they understand, okay, I have X amount of time that I need to invest, X amount of money that I need to invest, and the return of investment is uh, X amount of months. Yeah. Right? They understand that so they can actually sit through a long form content. Whereas fitness people, it's like, I want to know about drugs now. So you have to do you, the payoff is right at the beginning and then you explain it why. Uh, and hopefully people will stick around. But most of the time they just go straight to the timestamps. Oh, this is the protocol. They watch that and yeah. then they exit, they which is terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible for the algorithm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hard to offer both, but I, I, I realize that now that I'm getting older and, and kind of stepping away from the hardcore bodybuilding stuff, I am slowly transitioning more into business because it's, uh, I think that's more sustainable as a platform. And, and most of the business channels that I watch um, are doing a lot better than I am. Uh, even the ones that just post the same thumbnails, like there's one guy on there who always <laughs> posts the same thing, like uh, early, uh, early investors will make millions. And it's like the same fun. Every fucking week. It's the same one. <laughs> same one every week. Yeah, who does yeah, that? And he gets um, like that kid. Is it uh, Graham Stephan, right? No, no. He's, he's, oh, well, he, Graham Stephan has similar. like the same face on every one. Same with like Mr. Beast. Like it's yeah. like every single thumbnail yeah. is just a different thumbnail, with the same face. It's crazy that it works. Huh? Yeah, mine's kind of gravitating towards that. I'm, I'm using the same template yeah. for each one now, but I mm. try to make my face look at least a bit different. Yeah. Maybe I yeah, should just use are. the same fucking one that like does the best. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's too because it's you know it, like it kind of goes against the grain, which is nice because I think that's why mm -hmm. people click because everybody got more like even mine are more like that Mr. Beast like grab your attention and then eventually that just yeah. becomes part of everyone's doing it so it doesn't grab attention anymore mm -hmm. and then yours are that's different right. you just see this dude with like a like staring into your soul and you're like, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. It boosts the algorithm too, because the yeah. first few comments are just like, dude, stop giving me the death stare. Right. That's it. They just comment on it. Or like one of my, like one video that did really well that I wasn't expecting to do well was when I got my haircut, like when it was long mm. and I got it cut and everyone was just pissed in the comments. Like, Why'd you cut your hair? <laughs> like that was the only reason I came to the video. And I was like, oh. Thanks, oh, I mean, all the comments help with the algorithm. That's a good thing about yeah. comments. They don't, it, YouTube doesn't discriminate. It's an interaction. So the more interactions you get, the better. Um, I try to make my thumbnails as funny as possible so people find it relatable. Yeah. So I have a lot of thumbnails on my YouTube channel. Where people just burst out laughing and say, best yeah. thumbnail ever. Um, <laughs> so I always go, I think thumbnail creation takes me as much time as the videos edit, uh, rendering, exporting. So sometimes mm -hmm. an hour. Uh, I just want to make it perfect so it, you know, it grabs people. Um, I do mine first yeah, I mean, now, like before I even film, I make sure that like really? I have my thumbnail and title ready. And then, cause I want my, I want my first few seconds to be exactly like the thumbnail pretty much, like almost even the mm -hmm. same scene so that like, you know, people know exactly that they're getting what they clicked on because there's times when it's like, I went to Disneyland, you know, and the thumbnail's that, but then you have to make it through five minutes of a vlog before ever seeing Disneyland and the person clicked on mm -hmm. it, hoping that they were seeing Disneyland, you know? So that's the way I look yeah. at it is like, I want my, my package to be what's on the inside too. So when they see the thumbnail and the title, like I almost try to say the same words that the thumbnail or the title is like, mm -hmm. you know, like how to stop hair loss. And then like, mm -hmm. I open up like, today we're gonna talk about how to stop hair loss, like immediately so that they know they're getting what they clicked for on. Yeah, but, what, what yeah, I noticed. I have the smallest follower count here. So, no, I mean, I, dude, everything that you share helps, right? So, what I noticed that that worked for me is that now that YouTube has gone over those uh, those hover videos, right? You don't even have to click it, but you get a little bit of a preview. So, yeah. I treat those as a short or a reel. So, I put a little bit of a subtitle. I make the editing fast, red right? zooms, emojis, that kind of stuff, and that grabs people for the short form and the long form, and without even. Uh, clicking on it, they already get a little bit of an introduction on what the video is about. And so you basically have like an elevator pitch. It's like seven seconds long or 10 seconds long, where you can just introduce people to the video without even clicking and then incentivize them, entice them to uh, to joining, right? And then you have to keep their attention by kind of delivering right off the start, because otherwise they're not going to stay. But yeah, I mean, the YouTube game is, is pretty hard. But I think yeah. that in the beginning, it's harder than later on, because you kind of have to go with what your audience wants and then just give them more of what they actually want to watch. And then yeah. once in a while you put a video that you want to make, um, otherwise you're going insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The people otherwise didn't know they were insane. getting a YouTube tutorial today. We got, yeah. uh, well, I mean, we got Dan taught us. So, so, so many people want to get on social media nowadays and, and it, it, it has been life changing for me. Um, you know, going from a, you know, a, a boring sometimes coaching job, which is regurgitating the same information over and over again, um, to a little bit more exciting, just getting paid for you know research basically, and then I making think it's videos like, about it. 
you know, the, the huge carryover from fitness into anything, um, is the consistency aspect because yeah. I mean, we should all know that, you know, it may take years before you even have a physique that looks like you lift and it's the same. Like Dan was in an overnight sensation. You know, I, I, I even went back and like, I tried to scroll through his Instagram like years back, you know, uh, where he wasn't getting any, mm -hmm. and now yeah. he's got millions and same with you, Steve. I mean, like you yeah. said, 900 videos before even hitting a hundred. Like imagine if you would have stopped at 5,000, like I'm at, you know, like yeah. that's what a lot no, of people do. They'll give it three months and they don't have a hundred yet. And they're like, fuck it. I'm not going to like, that's like the same as what happens in the gym. People will work mm -hmm. out for three months. Like, damn, I don't look like my favorite influencer yet. So either they hop on gear or they just stop working out. And you know, that's the same exact thing when it comes to content creation. I have to remind myself that every weekend because I'm like, fuck, I don't want to make content. I only have 4,000 <laughs> subscribers. This is bullshit. It's not working. And then I remind myself like, actually, you know, I've done a lot of other things. It took a lot of time. Like I did 15 years of training to get to my job right now. I, 15 years of school training, also 15 years of lifting training. Like, you know, I've right. done things in long time horizons and I need to do this again. Like when I look at YouTube, I need to look at like, where am I going to be in five years? Not where am I going to be in five months? Because I may only acquire a thousand subscribers in the next five months. But if I keep doing that for enough five months, consistently mm -hmm. stacked together, I'll eventually have a decent following. So let me, let me see when I started YouTube, uh, go to my channel real quick in the meantime, then you remember when you started your YouTube account? Yeah, there was, uh, that was when like I first started in college. So you, you mentioned oh, wow. I have 125 videos. I definitely, I'd say I probably have like a hundred more that are either unlisted mm -hmm. or deleted just from right. like from 10 years ago to now and me taking four to five year breaks. And then <laughs> the ones from like two years ago when I first actually started being consistent, those just being too cringe for me to watch to the point where <laughs> I, I recreated them. And so they're technically, the information is technically still there, but me looking like an idiot is not there. Good. Yeah, I, I sometimes I cringe too when I watch my old videos. So I'm going to redo <laughs> a lot of the older videos where I still had that hairstyle with too mm -hmm. much hair gel and, and a face that looked like a, you know, a bulldog, uh, you know, so when I was on, on a boatload of steroids. Yeah, so I'm going to redo those with everything that I learned. And uh, I mean, that's what YouTube wants because nobody uses a search function anyway. So I think we're all entitled to redo old content with new information and just make it look a little yeah. bit better than before. So I started my YouTube channel in uh, August 2013. So that's 10 years. But to be fair, I was only active the first year and then I took about a four or five years break. And I think I've been back on YouTube for about four or five years. Um, but yeah, it's been slow. It's been slow, but I mean, the people who don't get there are the people who quit, right? Yeah. So uh, it's it's that simple. You know, the people who fail at business are the ones that quit, that threw in the towel. And all the success stories that you hear, you know, when they really open up, they said, you know, the first six businesses that I opened failed. I mean, the yeah, amount man. of revenue streams that I let go. <laughs> so many revenue streams that I just said, oh, fuck it, it's not worth it anymore. But I still made a little bit of money. Um, right. But... You know, I, I think that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? You want to get financial freedom and you just have to do stuff until you find something that you really like doing and that hopefully also makes a boatload of money. So you can Steve, do you feel like, uh, do you feel mm -hmm. like TRT has helped with your resilience to that? Because I often question that myself too, because I've been mm -hmm. on now for so long, just due to, mm -hmm. you know, almost very quickly getting on PEDs and then having to be on like I've never really felt levels of low testosterone, I don't think, but I mm -hmm. will definitely say I'm very driven. I have a ton of resilience, like much more than most people. I can 
do things for long time horizons with very little reward and just keep grinding and, Mm -hmm. you know, just like sitting in the suck. I don't know if it's a testosterone that does that or if it's my upbringing or what it is, but um, I know it was interesting that Dan said that he didn't really feel like it helps too much. What do you Mm -hmm. feel, Steve? So I've been off testosterone since the beginning of this year, right? And I use ATG and FSH. So I'm at about 80% capacity, I would say. Um, okay. so, so I know what a hundred percent feels on TRT or a steroid cycle and I, I'm super driven. I'm, I'm, I'm a killer. Basically. Mm-hmm. I just don't stop. I, I work six, six and a half days a week. And then my wife drags me away from the computer and said, Hey, uh, let's okay. take some profit. All this money that you're making, let's go spend it on doing something that we like. And I'm like, yeah, of course, fuck, let's go. All right, let's have some fun. <laughs> uh, so this is the taking profit uh, part, basically. Um, so I take profit every week, every Sunday, like today I go out, I have fun. And as long as I have my fun on Sunday and a holiday once in a while, then I'm good, right? I can grind. Now, I do know that on uh, TRT or anything over that, I'm more productive, more driven, um, more go-getter, positive aggression regarding business than I am now. But I was also good at business. I mean, I, I did my entire career as a financial business consultant without TRT, right? I just went to the gym, was a bodybuilder. I didn't take any performance enhancing drugs. My testosterone levels were like 600. Um, and I think through my upbringing and maybe some, you know, things that happened in my uh, childhood, um, I just kind of embraced the suck and as long as the suck is there, then I have an, like an incentive to get out of it. Uh, That's why I like to continuously diet. I feel a little bit hungry and I like Mm -hmm. to continuously go to the gym and feel a little bit sore. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, I need to do a massage here and there. So I always be like, I want to be on the edge of discomfort. Um, and then always have like a little bit of incentive to get out of it. Yeah. So, and this is for me highly motivating. Uh, and then once in a while, I, I take some some fat profit, like going to the U.S. I mean, I spent like I mentioned twenty six thousand dollars just having fun <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars per day. But dude, I mean, it's you know, regarding the 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 money that I make, you know, the rest of the time where I'm just grinding my socks off, it's it's well worth it because I yeah. get to spend that time with people that I like, right? My wife and uh, meeting Adam and so many other cool people in the fitness industry. I mean, it's uh, anything goes basically because this is my time away from work, right? So I, right. I separate, I either grind or I, I do nothing. <laughs> I don't grind. I just spend <laughs> spend the money right, taking profit of, of the hours that I spent uh, working. But so, um, oh. I will tell you firsthand, I would love to be on TRT again ASAP. Yeah, yeah but I got to right? make some babies. Another correlate I see to like fitness when it comes to to entrepreneurship and TRT is like, you know, we always tell people maximize your natural gains first, learn how to Mm -hmm. train and train and uh, eat properly and and recover properly before going on enhancements. And I would say the same goes for like the business acumen. Um, You know, like the guys who I see have the most success are successful in business already. And then they come to me and their levels are like dirt, you know, they're like Dan's are in the Mm -hmm. 200s and this guy, like, these are like, you know, CEOs with like multi-million dollar portfolios. And I'm like, dude, you're going to feel really good now that we get the testosterone because you've been doing so much work, not realizing that you're kind of in this deficit. Mm -hmm. And then it opens that like unlocks, you know, a cheat code basically to life by doing that. But they've already learned all of the, the tenets of business and, and the work ethic first before ever relying on TRT. So I think it's the same as it goes on, you know, in like fitness, like you need to learn those basics first. It, it will help you, but you need to have that all dialed in. I think, I think character is built through adversity. So oh, yeah, if you can, sure. if you can build a business while being androgen deficient clinically, then you're a fucking badass. 
Yeah. It's that simple. It's oh, it's that simple, right? A lot of people would just, oh, I feel so tired and make all these excuses. I can't get out of bed. I need some TRT. And then they go on TRT and all they do is go to the gym with it. Yeah. <laughs> they so don't the other day, I... <laughs> they don't even use I'm, it to make money. <laughs> I met a, a guy who was uh, extremely successful that everybody, every one of your followers will know, but I won't say his name, you know, but he was extremely successful, has a great physique. His testosterone was 120 and he said he doesn't feel a damn thing because oh, wow. he is like so driven towards his, uh, you know, business. He doesn't even think about it. He was like, dude, I'm too busy to even like think about what my testosterone level is. Probably similar to like what Dan was like 200. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize because I have like, my mind is set on other goals that I yeah. don't have the time to think about whether my levels are low or not. And I get that way too. Like sometimes two weeks goes by without an injection. I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm probably hypogonadal right now, but I don't even know it because I've just been so busy grinding and I never feel right. anything. It's like literally like I don't feel it because I've programmed my mind to just drive and not take into mm -hmm. account what I'm like feeling, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that that separates the good entrepreneurs from the guys that just eventually throw in the towel. We just grind. And even if you don't feel good physically, um, you know, the diet is still there and the training is still there. So that keeps you going. Yeah. To a certain yeah. extent, but I think the intrinsic motivation is just there to keep going, whether you feel good or feel bad. So maybe that's why Dan didn't feel so much of a difference. Um, but I will promise you, if you take the testosterone out now, you will feel yeah. a difference. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're, you're like, yeah, yeah. That's I, my I fear. I always wonder. I'm like, would I be okay if I took it out? Because like <laughs> I said, sometimes I go so long without it. I'm like, maybe I don't even need this. But I don't know. I'm afraid. Go ten weeks. Go ten months, dude. Come talk I to know. me then. Uh, yeah. and, and and even then, I'm on ATG and FSH, right? And I, I use some GH here and there. So I'm still on something, even though it's yeah. all fertility approved. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, I can't wait. Knowing what the potential is of TRT, I can't wait to be back on it and just level up. You know, so as soon as my wife passes that first trimester, uh, yeah, it's, you're going to see some serious shit. Not really, but it's going <laughs> to take like, well, no, take like half, an, another, half like, an ample test. <laughs> you're another prime yeah. example of just like, you know, what doing the basics will do. Because, I mean, I've seen you in person yeah. now and you're still very jacked. Like everybody would think that you were on cycle if they met you for the first yeah. time. Of course, you were bigger before, but you're still very, very large and you're still very driven and you're still grinding mm -hmm. even without it. So it's like you're a prime example of the drug isn't doing the work for you. You're the one doing the work mm -hmm. and you're just using that as a right. supplement to maybe yeah. achieve a little bit better. Well, it, I'll be the first one to say that it does help a fucking lot, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the testosterone. But then, I mean, I didn't stop with the neurotransmitter supplementation, right? right. So I, I'm still with my L-tryptophan, so my serotonin levels are high, and L-tyrosine, so my dopamine levels are high. And, and you know, I'm, I take a little bit of glutamine for intestinal health, so my glutamate levels are high, right? So in here, it's all functioning, but from the neck down, it's, it's like compared to where I was before, <laughs> I'm like, eh. You go to the gym, you're like 75%. You're like, oh, why am right. I here, dude? Yeah. I, I In a way, that's make like some more money. beneficial <laughs> for business though too because you're not like just caring about getting jacked and you're not caring about fucking everything that walks. You know, you're just way mm -hmm. more driven on uh, your business because it can, be a, it can be a hassle to be way wound up as far as libido and, and like it's, uh, it's aggression. It's a fucking handicap also, yeah. So that's right. why I think when I go back on, like I want to do the Chase Iron Cycle. Um, as a, Dan, Dan, you probably don't notice, but I got one of our friends, Chase Irons, is a bodybuilder. He's taking like five grams of gear. He's coming off yeah. now. And he did like 18 hours of growth and it's, it's, it's gone viral. So I always fantasize about doing this, but I know in the back of my head that all I need is a little bit of generous TRT. So I don't go ham in the gym. Right. I can still keep some reps in reserve and I can still diet, uh, not to the point that I need to 
eat so much food to the point that I get sleepy during the day. So I think if I'm on TRT, like 250, 200 milligrams a week, I'll be okay regarding entrepreneurship and also fulfill all of my physical needs regarding testosterone levels and, and going to the gym and just kicking some ass again. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I do love that. What are you guys' favorite nootropics outside of TRT? Oh, you guys go first because you yeah, guys love methylene blue, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, <laughs> I haven't dabbled yet. Yeah, Dan so, got me on methylene blue recently, but I, it's too messy for me to continue on. Yeah, so I'll talk, I, uh, about, talk yeah. about it a little bit. Yeah, well, I don't know. I didn't use it enough. I'll, I'll let Dan take over, but I'll just say that it's messy as fuck. Uh, Dan had texted me like, "Do be careful. It, it gets everything dirty." And I'm like, "I'm like, sure." So I put down a paper towel, and I'm like, "I'm good." And then next thing I know, the entire kitchen is like fucking blue. It looks like I murdered a Smurf in there. It was just awful. I like, I just bought some brand new sweatpants too. They were like hundred bucks. They're just ruined because the whole front of them was all blue. Oh, no. It was everything. And then I'm peeing blue for like you know two days, which is probably the most fun. I was yeah because it's to, it's like, usually a liquid, lad. It's never in capsules. It's it's a liquid. It's powder, and, and then the you chopper. gotta mix it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got to mix it yourself. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. that our, the pharmacies make it in capsules and I'll try that. But yeah, what have you gotten out mm -hmm. of that, Dan? It, for me, it really depends on the dosage where I kept hearing about the benefits of it, not only like mentally as a nootropic, but just for other things that it helps your body with. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was looking for a dosage online because I ordered the actual powder. I ordered like five grams of the powder, not the premixed solution. And when I read an article online, it gave me a much higher, I don't have the exact dosage because I'm taking it. I'm not taking yeah. it from the powder one anymore. So I just use uh, Meraki blue and mm -hmm. take like a few drop, a few milliliters of that, which is like, I think 10 to 15 milligrams. Mm -hmm. uh, but I read on like one of the first articles on Google that the dosage would be much higher than that. And so I believe, don't take my word on this, but when I did mix it myself, I think I was taking 40 to 50 milligrams per dose. And that would like instantly wake me up. Like I was ready to fucking go like that. Yeah. I actually noticed a lot. Uh, but with the other one where you buy it already diluted, I don't notice too much except for a blue tongue and blue pee. Right. Okay. Yeah, the, the tongue is blue. That's another YouTube hack Dan uses. Yeah, yeah, they just a, comment about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he's got a blue tongue the whole time. Oh, yeah? Oh, you see that in the videos? I never noticed that. Yeah, his yeah, little tongue is like bright blue. Yeah. Ah, really? Okay, I need to increase the brightness of my uh, my, my video. <laughs> so so you, you got some good response out of methylene blue? What? So the doses right now is a little bit too low? What, what would you yeah. say which was your favorite dose dosing range? I'd say 40 to 50 milligrams. Mm. It was because when I, yeah, when I diluted it myself, it was like three grams in 30 milliliters mm -hmm. in the vial and then half a dropper. And that would set me right. Yeah. Right. Right. So then did you do that every single day or just once in a while? I was doing it every single day, but mm -hmm. I, I would do it for like a week and then I just need to do more research on it, honestly, because I don't know if it should be a sustained thing at that seemingly high of a dosage. Um, and then it's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't want to do it for too long because I was like, this does feel very high compared to what's on the bottles of ones that are pre-mixed. Right. And so mm -hmm. now when I do those, it's like, I'll do two to three droppers just 
whenever I remember to. So it's not really consistent anymore. But mm -hmm. I honestly don't notice too much from that dosage in terms right. of like focus or awakeness. But I know that it could still be causing good things in my body to happen. So I try to work it in occasionally. Well, it, it essentially it works as like an MAOI, and doesn't it? Like a MOA, mm -hmm. MAO inhibitor. Those are yeah, monox, say, but mono, yeah. mono, what is it? <laughs> yeah, mono so it's increasing levels oxygen. of serotonin and epinephrine. Yeah. So it's essentially working like a, an antidepressant. If I remember correctly, I think mm -hmm. it has those MAO inhibitor actions. Maybe that's why you're not feeling fired up on anything. You're basically oh, on maybe. like an SSRI currently. <laughs> yeah. You're just like stable. Good levels. Yeah. Mono, I mean, I'm very stable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah could be so that's going to stop the breakdown of like serotonin, uh, norepinephrine, I think even dopamine. melatonin. Yeah. yeah. Dopamine. Yeah. Dopamine yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you got medications for that and methylene blue has some similar like effects, just like St. John's wort and a couple other nootropics. So if you combine perhaps methylene blue with St. John's wort, then you get an overlapping effect regarding the inhibition of, of uh, neurotransmitter breakdown. So yeah, I don't what, think what I, to do that. No, you're not supposed to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, don't we'll do be that. In the deep test. No, don't do that. We'll be in the deep test. So with methylene blue, it's like an electron donor for mitochondrial function. Correct. So that's why you get a lot of energy yeah. for it. And if you use a high dose for a longer period of time, it seems to lower your red blood cell count in a matter mm -hmm. And I'm not entirely sure why, but for endurance, for example, the dosage range is like 50 to 100 milligrams, but you shouldn't take that every day because over time it lowers your uh, red blood cell and hematocrit and then the oxygen delivery to, you know, metabolically active tissue is kind of, you know, downregulated. So if you want to do a high dose, I think occasionally is fine, but it seems that the sustainable dose for overall health, mitochondrial function and, and you know, cognition is like five to 10 milligrams. And a lot of people get great results from four milligrams just every single day. And then once in a while you want to go ham and you, you up the dose. But I wouldn't do that too often because then you basically go anemic. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make capsules. Maybe I'll, I'll get some capsules and make it like just get dirty for a little bit outside. And then I'll yeah, because it, it's such a pain in the ass to, to do, man. What, what, what's, everything. what stains uh, your clothes worse, DNP or methylene blue? Dude, I had DMP. I never ran it. It just sat okay, in a bag okay. for years. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Have you ran that, Steve? Yeah, unfortunately, oh, wow. I have dabbled with the DMP yeah, back in the day. <laughs> so I did it for yeah, like four man. days at like 250 milligrams for like two days and then 500 milligrams or, or 100 milligrams and then 200 milligrams. I doubled it at one point, but it's been such a long time ago. I have a video about it somewhere. Oh, really? I, just, I think I bought and, some from uh, Genotech. Do you remember that guy on the forums? No. Uh, that was like I one of the old suppliers. I got um, it from D-Hacks in the UK. You would then... Uh, I remember that name too. Flooded. Yeah, D-Hacks... Uh, yeah, uh, the nitrophenol and the nitrophenol or the nitro from the US. They all took Bitcoin at the time. I should have bought more and just held it. <laughs> yeah, I sat on mine for a long time. And then eventually I was like, you know, I'm that was one I was never stupid enough to dabble with because I was always afraid yeah. of that. Yeah, you know, what yeah, probably yeah, yeah. prevented me from doing it more than anything was like the aesthetic purposes of I didn't want to be sweating nonstop and look like an idiot. Right. So I was just like, eh, no, <laughs> so I, my vanity was, actually prevented me from doing it, luckily. I was sweating profusely in the middle of winter when it was yeah. freezing with my window open. And then I would sweat so much into my bed and then go out to the bathroom, right? To pee in the middle of the night. And I would come back and my bed would be frozen from yeah, all the like sweat. Trend. That would, yeah, that's like Tren. Tren would do that to me all the time. That's the worst so feeling ever. Dan, Dan, don't even, 
Yeah, don't even do I have that's <laughs> testosterone replacement therapy, methylene blue, some neurotransmitters. I just <laughs> don't yeah. even. I, we've been there, done that, and I can't. I can't recommend it. I had a good time though, <laughs> yeah. but if I could take that time back, I'd probably exchange it for something else. Yeah, me yeah, too. Exchange it. Yeah. So what let's other, talk uh, a lot. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Steve. I just wanted to talk about financial freedom a little bit because okay. a lot of people are after that, um, but they don't really know what it's what it's about. So for me, financial freedom means basically um, that you can do what you want and, and can say no to things. Because when you're employed, you're basically instructed all the time to do stuff, right, for the employer. Right. And, and a lot of that is good, but sometimes you don't want to do it. But with financial freedom, when you work for yourself, um, you can always decide not to do it uh, up until the point you're bankrupt, obviously, because you, you have this intrinsic motivation to do stuff. But that's basically what financial freedom means for me. So I choose to work this much. Um, I don't really take much profit of the the money that I make because I invest yeah. most of the stuff, right? That's that's uh, you know, rich that poor that for you. I read that book ages ago, and everything is a liability to me. So I put everything into assets, <laughs> and I just let the, let the money accumulate. Um, so that means I have a good amount of financial freedom because if I want to liquidate everything, I mean, I can, and 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 then I, I wouldn't have to work basically. But I I still choose to work, and a lot of people they don't really understand that, or at least in my opinion, that that's what financial freedom is about. It doesn't mean that you get to buy Rolexes and you know fancy cars and and, and you know travel in yachts and that kind of stuff. It just means that you have the freedom to do what you want and just can say no once in a while. To bullshit yeah because there's a lot of bullshit when it comes to yeah. making money <laughs> that's yeah. a lot that's for sure i mean i'm I'll not quite there yet honestly like i was we were just i was going over these topics last night with my wife and i'm like hey let's mm. talk about financial freedom that'd be cool to hear about because i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh, like, you do know I, I mean you do know you're making good money. I, come on <laughs> yeah I, I definitely make good money but also the amount of like debt that i have just from school still is uh, insane yeah. because mm. technically mm. i am not even poor yet you know i'm trying to get to broke right now uh, yeah. by paying yeah. off the debt which is crazy because i left school with 400k in debt so, mm. you know, I like, I make a little more than that a year, you know, I'm probably mm. upwards of like 500 and that's cool. But like some, a lot of that goes into just investments and things. I don't want to dump it all into loans. I'm, you know, I have to talk to an, like a, uh, financial kind of planner for that. Like, should I just pay off this debt or write it out? Mm. I don't know, but it, it sucks, man. It's tough. But I would agree so, that that would be my definition would be that I don't need to work if I don't want to. You know, right. I, not that I can buy anything that I want because I'm pretty much there, but I still feel the need to like, I could probably go a year without working, maybe two mm -hmm. right now, but I would have to eventually. For me, financial freedom would be like, I never have to work again, ever, if I didn't want ah, to. Okay. Yeah. So you need fuck your money, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, pretty much. Okay. Or, I mean, you know, I feel <laughs> like if you've got like, what, like a good retirement would probably be what, two to five million. Like, I feel like you could probably mm -hmm. retire and then just ha keep returning, uh, have some like revenue basically making money you know mm -hmm. on that money so i think like that would be where i would feel free like maybe five million invested mm -hmm. making money yeah okay okay then yeah. what does it mean for you because i mean you're you're doing well but you're young um so yeah. what does it mean for you to financial freedom to i feel like to me it's to choose what i want to work on usually something mm -hmm. creative like something that i can channel a lot of my other activities into where it's like I 
technically don't work super long, but when I'm on my walks or I'm listening to audiobooks or reading whatever it is, that's usually being read through the lens of work where right. I'm going to mm -hmm. use that eventually in work, right? So to me, financial freedom is having this kind of interconnectedness of work and rest and not really neglecting one or the either one or the other because like we've all experienced this where you go on vacation and then towards the end you're just ready to go home like it's no oh, longer yeah. vacation it's just normal Always. right and then oh, yeah. if you work too much then it's like i want to go on vacation and so just being able to control that balance a lot more and have mm -hmm. fun experimenting with different sides of both that's kind of what it is to me but that also brings back what uh adam you were talking about about climbing the next mountain mm -hmm. in a sense where that's also what it is to me is being able to take on that next challenge to just continuously improve and i feel like right. i feel like that's what a lot of people could be missing in their lives because we also we, that wasn't directly tied into the TRT feeling tired uh, topic that we were talking about. But when I'm cutting down and I'm closing in on the end and I'm very hungry and all I think about is food, like it's super easy for me to cut when I have that next challenge that I'm pursuing only because of entrepreneurship or business. And then it's just so easy to focus and actually achieve both goals at the same time. And the same mm -hmm. thing if you're low test and you may be tired, like just having that challenge that you're able to set for yourself instead of a boss setting for you, that could solve a lot of your problems alone because mm -hmm. you're just able to focus on building something and all of the good things that are involved with that. Do, do you feel that once you've, before you've climbed the first mountain, you already need another mountain on the horizon to climb? So you have like another goal when you reach, like we discussed this earlier, right? About the, the dopaminergic treadmill, uh, the hedonistic treadmill, that if you reach a goal, you need another goal, otherwise you're not satisfied. And I, I noticed that in myself that, okay, I broke 100,000 subscribers, good. I already had the next goal, membership section, right? Because otherwise I wouldn't know what to do, right? I, I wanted to grow my, my channel to a certain audience and then offer additional services on top of that. And I, I think, of course, the membership section will take ages to grow, but then there's levels to that as well. And then after that, uh, I really don't know what to do, but since it's just a giant freaking undertaking, uh, I have plenty of time to kind of think about that. But I do think that there should be, like you mentioned, a mountain after every mountain that you climb for you to keep going. Because otherwise, you know, you reach, let's say you make a million dollars, right? As an example, most people would be pretty happy there. Uh, but there's another mountain behind it that's 2 million, right? Or 10 million. And it, it, it's just a number on paper. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't mean anything, the number on right. paper, because it it depends on how you feel when you have that money in the bank. Right? Some people are totally happy. Some people are not. Some people are miserable. I know plenty of millionaires who are <laughs> fucking miserable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking miserable, you know? So it really depends on how you kind of, you know, um, interpret this financial success and how much freedom you give yourself. So that's why I like, you know, what you said, Dan, you know, you go on holiday and after a while you're ready to work. And then after working for a while, you're ready to go on holiday. And this is basically the cycle that I find myself in 
um, you know, I like to grind. And then at one point I don't like to grind. So I go on holiday with my wife <laughs> mm -hmm. and I just phone is off. Don't fucking bother me. I don't do anything on social media. I right? leave me alone. I'm not going to vlog. Fuck it. I'm just by myself and my wife and, and some friends if they want to come as well. And I just have fun. Right? And then after a while having fun, I'm like, you know what? I really enjoy work again. So you go back. So I, I noticed after being in the US for a month, I mean, I love the US. It was a lot of fun meeting people. But the last week I was so ready to go home yeah. and start making videos and, and doing consultations again more frequently. And, and so you go through the cycle, right? And uh, I think I'm pretty f motivated for the next three months and then I should go on a holiday again, but small one, four days. Yeah, take a little bit of profit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, take a little bit of profit. So do you guys do anything for like Christmas and New Year or, you know, being an entrepreneur, just keep grinding? Because I, I keep grinding for holidays. Yeah, for me right now, I'm definitely just in grind phase, but mm. I'm starting to like question whether or not I should grind as hard as I do. Cause I, this is like an internal battle. I have a lot, like I have everything that I could ever want or need. Like you said, like, it's just a number to me at this point. And I'm like, why do I keep grinding for more of a number that doesn't make any difference to me? So mm -hmm. then I wonder like, am I losing out on activities and memories that I would, you know, otherwise be having mm -hmm. if I wasn't grinding? Like, you know, I just worked on Thanksgiving I worked the entire next day. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't even know it anymore. So I always am like struggling. Like, do you do that? Like die with nothing mentality or do you just continue mm -hmm. to grind? Like I need to find a, a, the melding of that. And I haven't quite been able to do that yet, but that's because I don't think I have that financial freedom. And I think like both yeah. of your explanations were great. Like financial freedom doesn't mean you never work anymore. It just means mm -hmm. the ability to be able to pick and choose when you do work yeah. and exactly. you know, when you go on vacation, like, it would be awesome to be like tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Let's just make family memories instead of like thinking about work. But instead I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, I need to hit this so I can make this much money this month. And that is not freedom to me. I feel like, I'm, no, you know, in a true. grind. Yeah. True, true. But I also think like if you plan in a Sunday, like I was do, I've, I've planned in yeah. a Sunday with my wife uh, for the last 10 years since we got together and sun Sunday afternoon, evening time is sacred. So I make sure I spend the high quality time with my wife. So I have Thanksgiving every Sunday. Right? And then if you miss the Thanksgiving that everybody has, yeah. so what? Uh, there's next weekend, <laughs> right? I, I have yeah. Christmas and Thanksgiving every weekend. So yeah. this is why I think it's important just at least take a half a day off and you don't need to spend it with your wife. And then if your friends want to get involved, okay, that's Saturday, right? You work less on Saturday. Um, so with the upcoming holidays, I'm like, you know what? I just spent like, you know, a month in the US, two and a half uh, weeks of that time my wife was there. And I think two weeks we were on holiday and then did some podcast collaboration. So we had, you know, we made some good memories, even though half of the time I was technically working. Um, so if, if Christmas is coming and I'm doing something and we don't go out, then it's okay. You know, so, cause otherwise you have to share your Christmas with other people that are also celebrating Christmas and that it's not as special. I'd rather do Christmas like yeah. two weeks, two weeks later. I had, this is my Christmas and then everybody else is out. <laughs> so you don't get bothered by all the kids. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is financial freedom. Also, you just celebrate Christmas whenever the fuck you want. <laughs> That's yeah. true. No, it's kind of the same for me where I have, I have vacation scheduled for like Christmas week, but mm -hmm. at the same time, there's things that I have to do every morning. I actually kind of have this like sick satisfaction of when I go on vacation, I like waking up like an hour earlier and I already wake up earlier than most people. So they're not going to be awake for like three hours. And so I like just getting up, being quiet, walking down to like the hotel lobby 
and doing what I would normally do, like writing or whatever it is. And then when they wake up, my entire day is free because when I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a bit less work because I'm there on yeah. vacation, but I still feel accomplished. So I don't mm-hmm. have to think about it throughout the day or like wish I was working. So that's kind of my plan is I have two vacations, not vacations, just true two travels in December where mm-hmm. I'm going to be waking up a bit early, knocking things out, but then able to enjoy the rest of the day with the people there. Yeah. yeah, and then it's out of your mind, right? You don't have yep. to worry about it. You got all the, the little tasks done, the emails done, and then the rest of the day you can enjoy, right? I mean, yep. that's a great mindset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I think like for me too, like reframing work into work isn't a bad thing, and I shouldn't feel like I'm like I actually really enjoy work and I get a lot from it. So why do I feel like the societal pressure, like work is a bad thing? I shouldn't be spending all my time doing that. When I like reframe it in my mind, like work is super invigorating. It gives me purpose. I get a lot of pleasure from it. What would the alternative be me sitting on the couch? Like I feel, you know, a lack of purpose and I feel depressed when I'm doing that. So actually, you know, I get joy from getting doing work and sounds like you guys both do too. And it's probably fun to work on a trip because you're still getting to hack into that. You feel like you are, you have a purpose, you're helping somebody, you're having a consult, you know, you're, you're giving back to somebody else or something bigger than you. So I think that it helps with your identity as well. And just like, I get like my spiritual health is actually stimulated from working. I kind of have changed the frame to be like, I am contributing to a purpose greater than myself and it helps to fulfill mm-hmm. me a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think all three of us who are changing lives, right? I mean, that's that's the yeah. content and the, and the services that we provide. We change lives. I mean, I keep people healthy. Adam keeps people healthy and then Dan makes people wealthy, basically. With his, <laughs> and well, creative. I mean, you, yeah, yep. but I mean, you've made me wealthy, to be honest. I mean, following your content, right. I leveled up also, right? So, Super cool. so, so it has to be said. I mean, so if you have a positive effect on people's lives and you can get that done early in the morning and then you know, you know what, mm-hmm. I, I changed other people's lives and now it's time for it's my life time. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, now it's me time. <laughs> and then the rest of the day, you just have fun. And then when you come back from holiday, you know, when you get that, you know, that itch to really uh, work again. Yeah, then I then you're super productive. So I hit the ground running when I came back from uh, the US, which I shouldn't be doing because in the US I was walking like twenty five thousand steps a day, yep. and I, I felt yeah. physically very tired. Uh, but I'm you know still here doing what I love. So yeah. so it's good. So when do you guys take like actual profit, like real profit? Like what what um, what is a good scenario where you're like you know what fuck it I'm gonna spend all of this money and just do whatever the fuck I want because it should yeah, be a I point re- in time, right? I. <laughs> I don't really do that right now. I uh, like in the US, I don't know how it is there, Steve, but like I have an S Corp that all my money goes into, but I need to pay myself a salary that is reasonable. I mean, if I had mm-hmm. it my way, I would pay myself like 20K a year and I would live on that just fine. But yeah, the government right. would say that's not reasonable. So I, I think I pay myself like 110,000 a year and then I just mm-hmm. put all the rest away and I don't really take profit at all. Like if I take distributions and then that just goes into, you know, other investments. But what I've been like, I splurge on food for sure. Like there's no Mm -hmm. time that I'm like, that's too expensive of a place to go to. I will definitely eat whatever we want. And I don't care how big the the tab is because we don't drink. So actually the tabs aren't even that big. It's nice. Yeah, true. You (laughs) save so much money if you don't drink. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Like, yeah, you go to like an expensive restaurant, you're still only paying like 120 bucks at most. But if you're drinking, you know, that tag is much bigger. But I spend money on food. 
Um, recently, you know, we went on a flight and I'm like, let's just upgrade to first class. I mean, we can, and oh. it's just like, you know, things like that are nice or, nice. um, nice. we're going on a trip and instead of just getting like a, you know, a rental car, I'm like, let's do Toro and get a Tesla. Like it, you know, it's like a few hundred bucks more, but like I have the money to do it. Why wouldn't I? So I splurge in small areas like that. But when it relates to like my health too, I mean, I do frequent lab work. I spend mm -hmm. like get everything pharmaceutical now. Um, so I spend money on that and my food and that's about it. Oh, yeah. and then okay. my equipment for, for video production and everything. That's of a, course, you know, a write off yeah, nice. through the company. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, to be the highest quality. What about you, Dan? I mean, what, what do you do like for fun and where you just don't really care and, and take some enjoyment off your financial success? Yeah. So I, I recently just did the S Corp thing. So now like that was actually a few months ago. So it's really interesting seeing the distinction between like personal bank account and business bank account. Yeah. And like for the past, I'd say six to 12 months, like I don't really splurge on anything except for food. Like I love mm -hmm. going to nice dinners. Um, same thing with like when I do go and travel, I like getting a nicer hotel or really something like whenever something special, I like to do it a bit more special, right? I don't like to mm -hmm. cheap out on it because I don't have to anymore. And aside from that, like again, six ish months ago, I bought a really nice car. And so that was the only thing that I like really splurged on. But now I, I don't know it's lost its shine already so i learned yeah. my lesson there where it's like I, I like the car but at the same time like i i could sell it tomorrow and i'd be perfectly fine so. yeah i so, don't even so, drive at this point i just like yeah i, I wish i snapped yeah so it's uh i like i just have a i get a new lease like every three years but i just get a very stock car so i get a brand new car that is like decent it has all mm. the features but it's like i'm only paying like two or three hundred dollars a month like right now I have a Chevy Trailblazer, like a 2019 or whatever. It's not nice at all, but I don't drive. I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah, so, no. but I, I always want, like, there's a part of me that's like, ooh, I could buy something nice and I want to. And then I'm like, fuck, why would I? It's just going to sit there and collect dust and devalue immediately. Yeah. You know, it's just a liability immediately as soon as you drive it off the, the lot. I think that's the curse of most entrepreneurs' mindset, though. You 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 want to do de-stress, right? So you go on holiday and you eat with the wife, right? Yeah. You do some social activities, you splurge, you don't really care. The bill is hundred dollars. It's two hundred. It's five hundred. Whatever, right? You just want to have yeah. like a good time with your wife, and whatever it's going to cost, it's going to cost. Say one is on holiday, but then everything else, you look at it. You're like, you know what? I could reinvest this somewhere else. I could reinvest yeah. this into my business. I could reinvest <laughs> yeah. this into my health. I could, you know, uh, uh, buy an appreciating asset like a house, right? If it's mm -hmm. in a good, a good location, or I could buy some stock or bonds or cryptocurrency. And you look at the car and you're like, I really want this car, but as soon as I buy it, it's devalued. And unless you buy yeah. some sort of unique sports car that can actually appreciate. So I, I drive a shitty motorbike, which I did deck out with all the bells and whistles. So I do, <laughs> nice. I do yeah, my motorbike is crazy, but it's, it's an, you know, just a, a scooter as you Americans would say, because it's, you know, automatic. So it's just a, a an NMAX, 150 cc's, but for Thailand, zipping in between traffic, that's exactly what yeah. you want. The nice. only time I really took uh, profit was when I bought my cats oh, and I have six yeah. of them. It's I the only uh, profit that I ever took. That's real profit. I was Dan like, you know what, I'm have, financing. Uh, yeah. We both have doodles and they're both named Benji. Mine was four grand. What was yours, Benji? Or what was yours, Dan? Mine was four grand too. Yeah. 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 yeah so I guess I splurged on Benji. He was uh, my <laughs> yeah. most expensive <laughs> investment last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Hold on. Watch. Look at this. There we go. There we go. Bets are the best thing ever, dude. They are. Oh, yeah. This is so sick. You need to get this, Steve. Holy moly. Dude, I want that. I'm going to hire that dude. Is that a friend of yours, Dan? That's crazy. Holy shit, I need six of those. I know. You need to get a, a portrait of all of yours. <laughs> I need a new house just to fit, fit all the, the yeah, portraits. I don't know in. if you yeah. if any, if you know Dan, but Steve's a crazy cat man. He's got six fucking cats. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old That's cat cool. man. Yeah. So I so I bought one. Right? I, 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 during you know the lockdowns and stuff, I came to a realization that I had way more money than I ever needed. Um, because I set a financial goal for myself to have kids, right? And then I reached that goal and then I, I went way past it. And then, you know, now we're actively trying to have kids, but you know, that takes some time, right? To build up. So during the, the pandemic, I was like, you know, we should get a cat, kind of practice, see if we have time for it and take some responsibility for another life form. And then one turned into two and then three and then four <laughs> and then five, six, about at the same time. And then all within a year. And then two cats showed up outside of our house one day, so we adopted them too. So we have two outside cats and six inside. That's yeah, awesome. we got Damn. the outside cats uh, spayed and vaccinated, and uh, you know, and they're super cute. They're like my guard dogs. They're there every time I come back from the gym. Um, <laughs> so that's the only time I really took profit. I think I spent like sixteen thousand dollars on all my cats. They're sphinx cats. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Pedigree isn't nice. high because I mean, if you if you buy a pet, you want to have make sure that it's of a good you know lineage, so they don't get sick and you don't have to you know because you're you get an emotional attachment with these animals, obviously. So yeah. you have to make sure that you spend the money to get you know one that has good genetics, because otherwise you have to deal with you know diabetes and uh, kidney True. issues and that kind of stuff. So that's you know, so I spend the money. So that's I think that's the real time I took profit, and the rest of the time it's just. Like you guys, if I go out for dinner, uh, whatever, and if I go yeah. out for holiday, whatever, but the rest of the time, everything, all the surplus that I make, and I don't spend so much money every month, everything else goes into assets. I feel like everything. I got more frugal the more money I made, which is weird. Most people are the opposite, <laughs> but like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, like when I see that bank account growing too, I'm like, damn, do I really want to spend like any money on this small little thing that I don't necessarily need? Cause like, you know, I might hit that next milestone if I don't. And I just like watching that thing crawl. And I think I really yeah. try to program myself into that early because I started getting into finances mm -hmm. probably like first year of school. I was listening mm -hmm. to a white coat investor. He kind of helps doctors and medical students on, on investing. Mm -hmm. And the big thing he always talked about was like live like a resident for multiple years after you graduate. Because in residency, we're making 40 to 50K a year. Like you're pretty mm -hmm. much just breaking even on survival, yeah. you know. And then what happens most times you go from 50K to like you sign a contract for like 500 grand and most people are just like, you know, house, Mercedes, everything right away because they've delayed gratification for so long. And I was yeah. like, fuck it, I can live like a resident for another five or 10 years. And so I just try to like, it's almost fun. Like we were talking about suffering a little bit, like when you're dieting or anything, like if I feel like if I feel if I cut myself off, I'm like struggling a little bit. I'm like, I'm not going to buy the nice thing. I'm not going to mm -hmm. have them. And it feels like a little bit of a struggle every single day. Like, yeah. oh, I, we still are like penny pinching. Like, oh, let's get that box of cereal because it's cheaper than that one. Even though, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have all you the money. That I no, you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, I don't need to. But for yeah. in a way, it's kind of fun um, because it does feel like a struggle in a kind of. Yeah. So what I do every month, I start at zero. So I got four days left to make money this month. And then at the end of the month, everything's gone. My bank account, nothing. And that adds some added pressure. 
Yeah, right? So everything is already in assets or at least waiting to, you know, be bought up when when bonds and, and stuff kind of tanks, you know, and it's right, ready to get purchased. But everything in my spending account, zero. So you have that first week where you're like, oh, wait, I have staff. So I need yeah. to pay X amount of dollars at the end of the month. So I need to make 10K, right? Yeah. As fast as possible. So I'm, I'm super motivated <laughs> because I feel, I literally feel broke at the start of the yeah. month. I'm like, fuck, man. You know, I, I, I got all my payments in for the affiliates and sponsors and, and everything is already in and processed, right? So it's, I'm literally broke. And then the first couple of dates, it's, it's really like, man, I can't go out. I don't have even money for coffee. So my wife always laughs. I, she says, do you want a coffee? I said, well, babe, I haven't made enough money yet to cover my, uh, my staff. <laughs> Nice. That's funny. <laughs> and then, of course, a couple of days goes by, and then you know you get enough, and then the rest is pure profit. Um, but that's basically how I do it every month. So I just every month you at the end of the month you're like, ah, good job, you know, made whatever. And then at the start of the month you're like, oh no, it's like same when I graduated university. Yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. I have absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but I put everything is, on. Like I do all credit card the entire month. So I don't spend anything from like my checking. Everything goes on a credit mm -hmm. card because it's cash back. And then even my like checking and my 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 um, business checking, my savings, everything mm -hmm. has interest. So I like shop around for what is the highest yields like interest for even checking accounts. So mm -hmm. everything is always making money, which I like. So I'm you know, just yeah. so frugal about this, like cash back on credit cards, interest on checking account, interest on savings, high yield savings. So I'm, yeah, you know, I don't spend money can make money if, if yeah. you just know how to channel it. And I think that's, so you have like the first step of, is like earning money, right? Doing what you like, or at least uh, doing something where you get, you know, a good amount of salary. And then the second step is keeping as much of that uh, by being tax savvy. And then the third step is, is channeling that money to places where it accumulates uh, and whether that's appreciable assets or something like what you mentioned, the credit cards where you can collect points and get cash back and, all that stuff. I mean, that's just another leverage point and how to do as much with your money as you can, right? And if you if you incorporate all of that, technically you don't need to earn so much because all the money that you make is is saved and and, and you know accumulating and and you know working for you, right? The money is working for you later on, and I think that really creates financial freedom. I've been doing that for over a decade now, and that that really takes the edge off uh, because even when I had earned no money, I still put money away <laughs> just to make sure that at a later point in time, because you know that the financial system is just, you know, with the inflation and stuff, eventually, you know, you could put a hundred dollars in the bank account, it'll be worth $50, you know? Right. So you put it somewhere where that hundred dollars can be $300 and then you have the purchasing power of like $150 compared to before, right? Because the purchasing power goes down as well. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's probably the biggest roadblock and learning curve for most people. Like. I feel that earning money is easy, but keeping the money and letting it accumulate, that's a whole another level of business that that is uh, sometimes a bit difficult to grasp, but for the people who are in cryptocurrency, right, or stocks and bonds and, and just general investments, I mean, they get it. Um, so I think that's the ultimate goal of most people, right, hopefully, should be the ultimate goal. Spend a little bit less and save that money or put that money somewhere where it can work for you. Yeah. You know, because sure. we don't spend so much, you know, we don't have expensive needs uh, besides food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> besides food, right? Let's see, last, a last topic I want to discuss for this uh, podcast. Um, let's give a couple general tips for maximum productivity. Mm. Uh, 
Adam, I was, you go I was first. talking about, yeah, I was just talking about this earlier. Um, I like to remove all possible distractions. That's big for me because <clears throat> I was just joking because trying to set this office up this morning, I was fucking like everything would take my distraction. And I, I always joke with my wife that everybody is diagnosed with ADHD these days. And I think that just way overdiagnosed. And I think everybody has the capability to become distracted because we have so many other things in life. But I was like, man, if I, if somebody's watching me right now, they'd think I have ADHD. And that's why when I need to work, like I remove all distractions. When I used to study for finals and things, I would clean my entire apartment first, make sure everything was pristine. And I actually mm -hmm. preferred to study either really late at night when the rest of the world was sleeping or really early in the morning when the rest of the world was sleeping. Um, and then like to date, when I work for like 10 hour stints, I use my phone as my webcam so that I can't touch it. Like I literally cannot look at Instagram or anything if I want to, which is huge for me. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'd have to like remove my phone. But just removing distractions is definitely the best. Um, I also like modafinil for productivity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like modafinil. Yeah. The, uh, I don't use it often though. I have like really cut back. But the benefit that I find from modafinil is the fact that I can feel like I can get lost in my work for hours on end and actually feel happy about doing it due to the the dopamine I believe is yeah. what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing because I actually will like it'll be shit work that's just pure grinding and, and suck but I'm like pumped doing it the whole time I'm just like zip -a -doo -da. like you yeah. know I'm just like I really I'm like oh wow I'm seven hours in this is fun and I just like keep going um so that's yeah. why I like modafinil but I have found if I use it too frequently, that wears off quickly. So I use it sparingly. Like if I see a day, like when I was doing surgery, if I had like three surgeries in the morning, then I had eight hours of consults and then I had a business meeting afterwards, that's a modafinil day for sure. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't really, you know, take it because it loses its efficacy. Podcast days, I did it today because you guys are pretty chill. I didn't think we'd get too crazy into it. But if I'm going on another podcast, I'll pop one because it just helps me to kind of improve my, I don't know, sense of well-being, I oh. guess. And yeah. Oh, Steve. Okay. Good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We had a little bit of a connection delay. So, so, um, besides the modafinil, I took that modafinil like five to six years, like every single day. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I find it impacts my sleep yeah. like significantly. So that's why I don't like it really. Cause sleep is the best yeah. nootropic I've definitely found for sure. And if True. I'm taking a nootropic that fucks up my sleep, then I'm mm -hmm. just like having to take that nootropic to replace the sleep. And it's just when like so many biohackers do where they're like, I'll take one drug, but then I need to take three other drugs to offset the side effects of that. And I'm like, you realize you could have just never taken any drugs to begin with. I was a bodybuilder after all. So that's yeah. what we do. You know, you take one drug exactly. and then you compensate with three other drugs. <laughs> I, I took a 50 milligrams modafinil per day though, like a low dose oh, in the only morning. 50? Yeah, I take 200. Yeah. yeah, no, 50. I can't take any more than that. So just a low yeah. dose modafinil five, six days a week. But I took it for many years. And then you do the fertility hmm. data on it and you're like, hmm, maybe not. That's right. So I, 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 that. I stopped taking that a long time ago. When you, when you pass everything through the filter of fertility, you can't really take anything. It sucks yeah. though. Yeah, it sucks. So and besides modafinil, any other tips for uh, maximum productivity? Because I like like you know the cleanliness and and that's I definitely agree with that and and you know killing the social media because it's a huge yeah that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing for me is just remove distractions. So when when I have distractions, if they're there, I will engage in them. You know, I'm not I don't have that much willpower. But if you remove them, like you put yourself into a small room, like no windows, no distractions, just yourself in a desk and a computer. Like I feel for me personally, I'm going to be very productive because I don't have anything distracting me. So just get rid of the phone, 
turn off the Wi-Fi if you're type if you're you know doing something because you'll find you're like you think you're working and then you're like shit I've been on Instagram for 20 minutes you know like fuck <laughs> or like why am I watching this YouTube video when did that happen just like yeah. when you're reading you know and you're like wait I've made it through five pages and I don't know anything that I just uh -huh. read like it's like that <laughs> but much worse so yeah just right. remove distractions um, other than that like I've really limited what I take now it's like. You know, DHEA, pregnenolone, um, vitamin D, fish oils, I do find to be beneficial. I've actually tried to like mega dose them for um, mental enhancement. And mm -hmm. it just gave me like steatorrhea, which is like oily diarrhea. For those yeah. Listening. Like, yeah, I've actually like when I was studying for my boards, I was taking a shit ton of fish oil, like fish oil and uridine that. Uh, mm. So the Mr. Happy Stack, was that who? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just included that in my uh, nootropic deep dive. Yeah, yeah, so I liked it a lot. It was good. Um, but I did find myself, you know, just pooping oil. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Because <laughs> I, I was taking so much fish oil. I think it was also, interestingly, because I had ezetimibe in there. So I was wondering uh, if ezetimibe was blocking yeah. the absorption of the fish oil. And I was just you know, pooping it out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it does. On the topic of going to the bathroom, I got to go really bad. So if okay. you can take like a two-minute, three-minute break. Do you have anything more to add to the productivity, Adam? Um, what else for productivity? No, not really. I mean, I drank espresso in the morning. I'm pretty, you know, I just say grind. Honestly, I think like we talked about earlier, like my upbringing was big. Like my parents would make me work in the mornings, like even in summer, like I would work from like 6am to noon and then the rest of the day I could go play or whatever, but it was always work first and we had like no real rest days. Um, there was one day on the weekend where we could rest. That was more like for religious purposes. They were like, okay, you rest on this day. And um, mm -hmm. the rest of the week I had to just work my ass off. And that just continued, you know, and I, I know that I need to get work done. And so sometimes I just suck it up and get it done. I've tried like every little nootropic and everything. Like I said, mm -hmm. some help. Um, some don't like at the end of the day, you can load yourself up on a ton of nootropics and still get distracted on Instagram. So I yeah. uh, remove distractions. I just keep my eye on the prize. I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep working. I need to get X, Y, and Z done. And I set goals for the day too. That's hard as an entrepreneur because you don't have somebody telling you that you need to get things done. It's like when you go from high school where, you know, you, you, somebody's walking you through the whole process and then you're in college and nobody's telling you that you need to be there. They're not taking attendance. Who cares if you show up or not? That's how entrepreneurship is. Like nobody is, nobody tells you you need to clock in at 8 AM and clock out at five. No one tells you you have these deadlines. You need to make those yourself. And so every day I like having little deadlines that I need to hit. Like, Oh, I need to file X, Y, Z with the IRS today. And I kind of know that and I make sure that it gets done by the end of the day. So having little tiny, milestones to hit every single day helps me too cool nice. cool dan yeah i have i have tried a lot like nootropics productivity hacks like almost everything and i think i've come to the conclusion for myself that if i can't do something every day then why am i doing it so it's the thing with like the methylene blue, where if I am not going to be taking that every single day and make it habit and like a part of my routine, then I don't see a massive place for it. I still, I still see it as useful in like occasionally using it, but in terms of productivity, for me, it's just habitual where even when I go on vacation, it's like, I'm still doing those two to three priority tasks every single day, whatever they are. And those could be like high level as well, where it's like, knock out creative work, knock out maintenance work, knock out emails, you're good. Everything else is extra. So for me, it's really getting clear on one, 
what like the big goal it is that you're aligned with or working towards. So in entrepreneurship, it's like, what are you building at that point? And then breaking it down, what are two, three, four, however you, however many priority tasks you want to handle that will actually move the needle towards those things. And then for me, it's batching those within the first two to three hours of waking up, if not four or five hours. Um, and just really trying to hammer that every single day because with all of this stuff, like it's, it's like mental training versus physical training where it's going to take time to increase the amount of productivity, like increase your productivity or focus mm -hmm. muscle over time, where I know a lot of beginners will start, they'll listen to productivity advice, they sit down and they're like, Oh, this doesn't work. I got distracted immediately. Like I can't, I'm having so much trouble just sitting and focusing. It's because you haven't done it enough. You haven't trained that muscle. You've trained it to be the opposite. You've been scrolling all day long and like, what do you expect? You can't just go and switch it. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't go, go from, from TikTok to a, to, a, to a Dan uh, Cole video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so too much of a, a difference, you know, seven seconds versus 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Progressive overload. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah, smart. I agree. <laughs> yeah, and what else? So that's... That's mainly it. Espresso. I got an espresso machine last week. Best investment I've made in my life. So me I splurged too. on that. That's so me too, good. dude. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. think I spent four grand on that one too or something crazy Holy like that. Holy moly. I wanted to I actually, I uh, wrote that one off. I, um, I said that we were going to be making content on like espresso and then it would also be a part of the podcast studio so that we would have uh, espresso for guests like i you know documented it all out so it was uh, hit all the business expense benefits i will come over to the studio at one point and uh, yeah exactly yeah and take a <laughs> four a, shot espresso after that bad boy yeah. yeah i might get audited on that one though we 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 might be uh, following up on this one so the irs wants their money back yeah <laughs> i think if you do like one video a month it should be okay and just sip coffee and just show the espresso machine in the background yeah, exactly. Doing an ASMR sip, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the plan was to have like a whole podcast studio and I didn't want to have coffee as a central component of it and just didn't really pan out, you know? It was, it was a loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You take the losses with the, all the wins, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah exactly. Now I just have to use this espresso machine, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, espressos are shit. Horrible. Actually, I just got some good coffee over from your, uh, Dan, uh, Mythical in Glendale, maybe? I don't know. I ordered from him. Oh. Uh, Mythical's good. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. I like cool. Peixoto. If you can find, oh, if you can get, they're on trade. Like okay. if you use trade at all. Yeah. Um, Peixoto is very good, but I, I used to drive down there every day, but I live a bit further north now. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. One second. One second. Looks like my... <laughs> Looks like he's swearing or something. Good old school TV. No, yeah. it's just Yeah, my, you look my, like the my, uh, porn channel. Yeah, my, cap, my camera died. <laughs> Shit. Uh, one second. No, mine's Let still going. Nice. Yeah, yeah no, my mic. I've got 45 minutes left. Oh, he's not going. Uh oh, oh shit. Oh, one second. You yeah, guys can still hear me. Did you get right? like an actual, you got to grind and tamp and everything? Yep. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was like the Breville one from Target. It was nice. like 700, but nice. it, it's small. It fits. In the, yeah. the future house, I definitely want like a crazy one. That would be. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like a, like a four spout one. Exactly. All right. I think yeah, I, so I got a two. Hopefully, my camera soon. recorded. 
Yeah, no, I just wonder because my camera just went off, so I hope it saved the file on my end. Uh, should. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so for productivity, um, I would like to add to that. Um, I would say like uh, having a clean working environment, right? like you mentioned before, cleaning your desk. I always make sure everything is nicely organized because then I know where everything is and I don't have any distractions visually when I'm working, either doing uh, YouTube videos or just uh, working with clients and stuff. And I feel that like, if you start the day with something that is positive, I know it sounds silly, but if you start something that, the day with that is positive, so, you know, I, I see my wife, we have a good chat and I see my cats when you have a good pet right? and I play with them a little bit and I avoid social media because it's toxic as shit until <laughs> I get all of the important work done that I want to do, that I get everything done in a clear uh, state of mind, right? So I, I feel good. Um, I had a good start of the day. There's no distractions. And, and that way I can just get everything knocked out. And then later on, when I get the most important tasks done of the day that are creative, like Dan always recommends, the creative tasks out of the way, like recording or, or pre preparing scripts for videos or doing research. If I get all of that out of the way, then everything else after that is super easy. So, you know, social media, emails, all that stuff, I can just, you know, bam, 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 because emailing takes a couple hours for me every day because I get so many inquiries. Yeah, I get a book. I mean, half of my revenue is still from personalized services. Mm. So I guide a lot of people um, over the last couple of years and they just keep com coming back for more. So that means a lot of emailing, still a good amount of consultations and, and just managing the social media editing wise. Uh, that's all at the end of the day because, you know, proof watching videos and preparing content for, uh, for social media. I mean, it doesn't take that much cogn cognition, um, albeit that, Maybe it should because maybe I grow faster that way. <laughs> anyway, I might have to structure that at the view. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's putting it to work. So I'm like, you know, maybe I should do that earlier in the day as part of the creative process. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, so I, I feel that you know, if if everything is clean, both uh, in the house and in the brain, that I think the day is, yeah. is set. Yeah, the day is set. And then whatever life throws at me later in the day, I don't give a shit because I already got my money-making opportunities out the door. Right. And uh, and then if, if if drama happens, I'm like, you know what? Officially, uh, you know, financially and physically, I can uh, recover from this. So what the hell? I don't really care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there because my camera is dead. Um, and thanks so much for coming on, guys. This was uh, absolutely uh, epic. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the audience will uh, will love this as well. Uh, uh, Dan, where can people find you? Uh, thedanco.com. Then everything is disseminated from there. Yeah. Okay, or so just at thedanco. Yep. Thedanco, right? A link's down below. Adam, where can people find you? Uh, YouTube, Dr. Adam Hotchkiss. Um, same on Instagram. Just search that. It's uh, at dr.aehotchkiss. But YouTube, definitely just search that and find it. And everyone subscribes. That's the main platform I'd like to grow right now. <laughs> exactly. Guys, subscribe yeah. to Dr. Adam Hotchkiss, right? He deserves yes, thanks, the man. subs. Do me a solid. Bring him up to 10K. Right, so yeah, that'd I can, be nice. you know, yeah, that would be, that'd be nice. Well, then we'll I could at least some, hang uh, out. I can sit at the table <laughs> right now. Yeah, my you little get like kid a, table. They the five, five, five digit uh, subscriber yeah. count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm very happy right now. now that I'm in the six digits. Yeah, every time I, I refresh, I'm like, yeah, six digits. Oh yeah, you're gonna get a plaque <laughs> now, huh? Yay! Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yay! Nice. Another physical item I wouldn't care about, but it would be yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'll just put it somewhere in the in the in the closet. And guys, you can find me over at uh, Vigorous Steve. 
Vigor Steve YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, website. It's all the same. Vigor Steve is where you can find me. Guys, this has been a pleasure. Um, maybe we should do this again sometime, but I know we're all busy. So uh, let's let this sink in. And then uh, maybe at one point we can all get together again and talk some more business and fitness and uh, hormone replacement therapy. Yeah, yeah, you guys let us know if you like right. this, uh, this, whatever this is. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever we're doing here, let us know if you like it and we'll do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got some breathing so part right now, I think. I need some more nootropics. Right. Yeah, I works. need some more nootropics for sure. Yeah, it's 1 a.m. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, peace see out. Guys. See you next time. Ciao. See ya.